Everybody, welcome to D Comedy, our rewatch, review, whatever you want to call it, podcast. This month, your D commentators are me, Lucas, and me, Emma, and we are here today to discuss with you the Disney Channel classic, Read It and Weep, a Panna Baker double feature, uh, if you will. Oh, indeed, it is a Panna Baker double feature. That's a great way to put it. Although, to be fair, the elder Panna Baker really isn't in that. In does that much. nothing. Does <laughs> absolutely zero. Well, yeah, but I, I mean, that's kind of her point, I guess. Luke, that is an oxymoron. Her point is to do nothing. Also, guys, I'm really sorry. Heads up, going into this podcast, um, I'm a little sick. Uh, my voice is kind of going in and out. If I cough really disgustingly, or if I sound a little hoarse, just roll with it. Some might call me a hero. I'm not comfortable with that term. <laughs> but I am going to soldier on for everyone. But just a heads up, I might sound like hot, hot, I, I'll do. I'll, I'll do my best to cut out some of the sick noises, but there's only so much one man can do. I'm just glad, as the editor, that you're moving so I don't have to deal with your constant New York City traffic noise in the background anymore. I know. Anymore. This is the last podcast I'm recording in this apartment. I'm living like a squatter. I'm like, I truly, you guys, I, I wish you could see me right now. I'm on like a folding chair. Like, <laughs> I'm using like a tiny little like stool to place my microphone. I have no furniture left. Again, she, not a she hero. Soldiers, she, just she soldiers someone on. who believes in a dream, making it happen yeah. for you guys, mid-move and mid-cold. Yeah, you're truly an inspiration. Um, anyway, so this movie, um, I really liked it. When I was younger. I yes, I think I did too. I maintain you didn't. I remember okay. having a conversation with you where I said, oh, read and weep, love this movie. And then you told me, no, it's stupid and you didn't like it. Okay. I All right. I do kind of remember that. And again, you're probably a better authority on anything about my own <laughs> life than I am. Like, I've done a lot of hallucinogenic drugs and like, there's just pieces of my brain that I'll never get back. I'm kidding. Not really. But like, I there's pieces of my brain that I'll never get back. So I trust you more than I trust myself. But like, mm-hmm. I think the reason I didn't like it is not a quality issue. I think that, like, for context, everyone, like, my biggest dream in life is to write a book. Like, I would, like, and I, it happened because I was really young. <laughs> so you didn't like this movie because you were jealous? Yeah, I think I was jealous of this bitch. Wow. And I don't think, okay. she, I think, she, I didn't think that she deserved um, what she got. And I think she handled it poorly, and I would have handled it a lot better. So I think as a child, I was jealous. All right, so it's like the same thing in You Wish, where it's like, I could exist in an alternate reality way better than this asshole. Yes, exactly. Like, exactly. I, could ha- I, I could handle becoming a best-selling author way, way better than, than this asshole. Yes. Uh, yes. So I, I was really excited to revisit this one. I, w- I don't want to say it didn't hold up, but I mean, there's definitely, I definitely saw a lot more cracks than I thought I would uh, upon rewatching. This movie is like, nothing happens in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I mean I, I like I did not like watching it like I enjoyed myself yeah yeah but then yeah. when I zoomed out and thought about it a little longer right, I was like yeah. there's not like a whole lot of plot that happens like you would think like I truly have a note that I was like oh she's a best selling author and we're 15 minutes into the movie I was like like the, she like it, the book was already published she was famous I was like what are they gonna do for the next 
55 minutes like she like she like I thought like more the movie would be like more about her like becoming famous and like she's like peak of her career 15 minutes into the movie and then the rest is just like really slow moving yeah it's it's got a weird pacing thing but I mean in terms of like plot you're right like it's it's more character based than it is like things happening like where it's just like oh you know this is how she is now, and this is how she interacts with her friends. Not like now that she's a best-selling a author, she has to go on these crazy conversations. We have to watch a lot of people talk on the phone. They do that. Yeah, they do do that yeah. all the time, and it's not and interesting. They, to watch. they also we also have an instant messaging, which was <laughs> which I, I enjoyed. That hit back. Also, though, like I think I just felt like for a movie coming from Disney Channel from that stable about a kid becoming famous. In high school, there was going to be way more hijinks. Does that make sense? Like, there's little to no hijinks. Yeah, I get why you think that, especially because, like, the the premise of this movie, like, on paper, sounds very much like an early 2000s kids movie. Yeah. Where they, like, become, like, like a blank check or, like, a first kid where, like, these kids, you know, suddenly are thrust into, you know, adult situations with having money or being the president or whatever. But, like, it has that kind of vibe, but it's yeah. not really the focus on that, but it still operates on that logic. And I feel like having a movie that has the logic of one of those films, but is really trying to do like a character piece. It, it it's just like a really character work. drama. It's also yeah. not fun. There's not oh, any fun in this movie. Well, I know. I mean, the where is it fun? fun? I, I found some Who of the characters interactions. When did you I, have I, fun? I mean, I know it's like we said. We didn't hate watching it or anything. No, I mean, I'm saying I liked it because it was it was dramatic, and you want to see yeah. what's going to happen. But it's not fun. Like it doesn't make you feel happy. It's it's pretty sad the entire time. Yeah. Well, also, I have a pretty. Uh, we don't do a ton of theories on this show. We usually bring them up and then dismiss them a couple bit later, just as a bit. I have a genuine theory about what this movie is actually about, and this movie just kept piling on evidence for it to the point where I think it's absolutely one hundred percent true. What is and the I theory? Fe- I feel like you're gonna back me up on this, Emma. What is this? It? Is not a movie. About learning, this is not a movie, as I would have you believe, about learning, like, that, you know, friends are important, and, you know, popularity is just a fleeting thing. I don't know, even know what the lesson this movie really is trying to do. <laughs> this is a movie about Kay Panabaker dealing with having a nervous breakdown. Because yeah, she, she, because yeah, she, she has a full-on, like, some kind of psychosis psychotic breakdown or she's something she's fully talking to that she's, person yeah. that's not there and the other people see it like they yeah, no, see that's, her that's having what i'm saying thing. that's what i'm saying and it's not like trip zoom and dad napped where there was one throwaway line where she's like who are you talking to she's like oh nobody and it was whatever but the way they shoot this movie when she's talking to this other self she's also being present, like terrorized by this other yeah self. it's like, psychologically it's, tormented if, if you if you recut this movie and put some different music behind it you would think it was a psychological thriller, a thriller. Like, <laughs> well, i actually I'm, agree with you a hundred percent yeah and i also just think like they fucked up so hard because i kind of feel like they had Danielle Panabaker come in to do the is stuff and they thought it was going to be like funny and like cute and like having her like bring some levity to this because yeah. again no one's having fun the pizza parlor <laughs> is failing They're, her friends hate her the guy hate like and she it's terrible like basically the whole time 
And I think they were like, let's bring Danielle in. Let's sparkle this up. It'll be cute and fun and playful. And it's not. Like, she's mm-hmm. just being terrorized by her alter ego. And that's. Oh my God. Oh no. No. You know what this, you know, I know exactly what this is. I just got the perfect comparison. This is Disney Channel Black Swan. Yes. Where, where she is like so psychotically broken by this event that she's hallucinating all this crazy There is a lot of her like crazily staring in mirrors. Right. That's what I'm saying. This is Disney Channel Black Swan. I'm here for it. That's exactly what it is. I agree. Anyway, before we get into, I'll, I'll get into it deeper as we go. Before we do that, just some quick decom news. First up, we have a premiere date for Descendants 3, which is August 2nd. They also are going to release, or they have released, I'm not sure I couldn't, in the research couldn't tell, um, cause I didn't do that much prep work. Um, if they released a, they're going to release a music video for one of the songs, uh, which I have not listened to, but check it out for yourself. Maybe it's cool. But yeah, that's when that movie's coming out. I'm kind of looking forward to it. I feel like Descendants are... Did I say this on the last podcast? It's like the Fast and Furious of the Disney decom world. I like, think I so, I feel yeah. like they're running out of... Not they're running out, because Fast and Furious has never run out of any material. They just... It gets increasingly more they just insane. Keep mi- they just keep mining that gold. Uh, yes, yes. It, it's, <laughs> it's, 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 it's as pure as ever. More insane. And I think Descendants... And like, they just keep introducing new characters, new villains, who are yeah. crazier and badder than the last villain new tech new rules like that's what Descendants is I mean I also I just think it's notable to talk about because it it is this generation's decom trilogy like for us that was high school musical for like for those before us I guess it was Xenon but for the current kids watching Disney Channel this is what they have anyway this is the crazier news in my opinion uh we got a little more news about Zombies 2 which has officially gone into production they announced three characters do you want to guess what they are, Emma? No. Because they're playing werewolves. Thank which God. Doesn't, this is which also doesn't... Fast and the Furious logic. We're introducing yep. a whole new realm. I love it. Yeah, I but it doesn't make it. any sense because the zombies in the zombies movie aren't magical and werewolves are like a magic thing. There's Luke, no like scientific werewolves. I was like, what? I listen, I'm, details, de- I'm, d- I'm deep in the lore of the zombies series and I'm concerned about them breaking the integrity, Emma. Yeah, it was a very like well-defined world as to like what happened, who, why they existed like humans them versus us i love that we're just going to introduce something that's going to completely destroy that i also really 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 hope they will do the right thing by us as a as a viewer that they will give us a werewolf zombie cheerleader love triangle much like twilight i am looking for a taylor (laughs) lautner to enter the arena and throw his hat in the ring i will feel alive you know i I, that didn't even cross my mind but they absolutely they are gonna do that they're 110 percent. there's no way they don't we already said that zombies feels like a twilight parody and like this would seal the deal i am not a betting woman but i would actually bet my life that they will do that absolutely uh, but last thing is just that at D23 this year, which I don't, maybe we should m- try and make an effort to go. We'll see. Uh, they are going to be honoring Kenny Ortega with some kind of special award. And God bless that man because he deserves it, specifically for his work uh, for Disney Channel. So hats off to you, Mr. Ortega. You're the man. Anyway, that's all of our news. Let's start talking about Read It and Weep, which, by the way, that title has nothing to do with anything that goes nope. on. Also, this was, I did a, an ounce of research for one Yes, guys. we, yeah, the book. The this is book, based on a book called How My Diary Became a Best Selling Book. Yeah, like my, my, my pri- personal, it's called like private my personal, personal private journal. journal became, it's, became it's a very a fucking bestseller. long title. I understand why they changed yeah, it. Yeah, I do too. Like, Read It and Weep doesn't relate to anything other than being a pun about reading, but like, I get why the Disney executives are like, we're not putting that. 
It's like out. two it's full way too long. sentences. It definitely does give definitely does give me two thousands kids book vibes for sure. That title, yes, like it I get totally it. does. It's like my no good, very bad day, whatever fucking thing. Like it sounds like that. <laughs> I also get the feeling this book might have been a little bit risky. I don't know. I, I don't want to say things that I have no evidence for, but I, this gives me the, this movie has give, gave me the vibe of something that was like really watered down from source material. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think, I, I mean, they didn't have like the whole, they didn't have a Wikipedia summary, which I, which is all I usually yeah. read when something's based on a book, but it did say there were a lot of changes from the book to movie. So the, I'm not it surprised. It feels like they needed to Disneyfy it because I feel like, in the if it was like a YA book, like I bet some of the things she wrote in the journal were like a little bit more embarrassing because honestly, for me, I didn't feel like the stakes were high enough. Like I yeah, think she a was bit, a lot, and, and like I I wonder if some of it was that probably would make not sense. Disney a pro pro. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But like, let's get into it. So we open on. Two um, computers. Kate Baker. Why does she yeah. have two computers? There's well, a big there's a t- computer that she's working on, and then there's a tablet right next to it. I'm like, do you need both of those to operate? Yeah, that, well, the, well, yeah. Let's not even talk about two computers. The fact that she's a freshman in high school in 2006, and she has a personal tablet computer that she for, is that like a, is that is a, a tablet laptop, for and eight. then she like turns it over, and then it's a what you can draw on it. I was like, your parents' pizza shop is being run into the ground. They How live in an apartment. They live in an apartment, but they don't even have a house. And they, she has the laptop of a fucking professional graphic designer. Absolutely. Like, I have never seen anything like it. Also, the computer program that she's running, what the fuck is that? She literally <laughs> types five words a page. It's yeah. five words a page because she drag and drops everything in like a crazy like drawn on font, like almost yeah, like curls empty. Which... Like I, imagine if you were writing a, a paper and every single sentence was written in word art. That's what it yes, looks like. Yes, that's exactly what it is. It's word art. And like the thing is, is it like we're going to find out this is her personal journal. No one is meant to read it. And I was like, why would you write your own journal like this you clearly yeah. are doing this so someone else can read it and think wow look at all the graphic design at play here it's insanity meanwhile meanwhile by the way all of these fancy fonts and colors and whatnot on the words the title of this movie literally just comes up read it and weep in a plain white text oh that it, looked so shitty in like times new roman i'm not kidding you someone just typed that into a word processor copy pasted done like it was not they spent all the money on the tablet luke they didn't have budget left over for that i had i had do you know that it's like that snl skit papyrus i had like yes that with this. yes That's i exactly had that what same was, thought where i was just like they just freaking it's just times roman anyway um, i had the same thought but with her program where she's typing yeah, yeah. in curls mt I was like, who the fuck would write anything in Curl's Empty? That's a useless font. Absolutely. Uh, but so she's, she's like, okay, like, it's confusing because she narrates the movie, but she's narrating the movie while writing the story of the movie, but also she's writing, she's also writing stuff that's gonna be in the journal we see in the movie. Luke, I, you got it. Uh, yeah, stop. yeah, yeah. It's, it's confusing. So basically the, the premise is like, and this took me a second to get around. When I was watching it, because I was like, wait a second, what? I thought it's your journal. She writes her journal, but almost like an exercise that a psychiatrist would have you do. She's removed from it, and someone else is the main character in her life. Yeah, that sure. person is Is. Mm-hmm. Isabella. And so she's played by Danielle Panabaker, the older Panabaker, in like right. this weird 
vignettes where you see is like killing it at high school and, and like so she's her alter ego is like crushing it but that's not really what's actually happening in her life yeah it's like a wish fulfillment type thing which i kept trying to think by the way of the the reason she is named is like i feel like there was a screenwriter trying to make a connection to like her name is is and you know like the subconscious like the id maybe or something like that's that that's a stretch that's a major stretch i but it just seems like why would you it's a weird pick for the character if it was like izzy i'd be like yeah that's a more normal shortened version of isabella but i don't know it's just weird but yeah so she's like narrating is uh you know going to gym class and like she does this whole thing where she talks about high school like it's a you know, a kingdom with wizards and knights and it, like shows us like the real life equivalent of, you know, being like nerds and jocks and all that jazz. A very, almost a precursor to have to Avalon High. Some Which might is say. so weird because if that was what they wanted to do, like why not like commit like to that being like the fantasy? Like she's like, it's a kingdom and there's knights and wizards yeah. and jocks, but they're all still dressed like it's 2006 and no one looks magic. Like I was like making a magical kingdom in these vignettes. That'd be yeah, fucking interesting. Well, Emma, they're not, they're not going to pay for that. All but right. also, the, also the reason I picked up on this too is that like everyone else is described like that, like, like an, like a witch and a witch wizard or a, a troll or something like that but is this described like a superhero where she's like fights for truth and justice and like she has superpowers to zap people into detention and she I has a like, superpower she doesn't have yeah. super but she has well, one superpower which still, is stupid right but i'm just saying like I, I, her world is not consistent she's kind of a terrible author but we see is in gym class going to like climb the rope or because that's yes. a thing that they still do in this universe she's like killer no problem got it no problem for is because she's the best and yeah. we meet marco vincent who is like mm-hmm. the love interest who is just a straight up low rent zach efron like he <laughs> is like costco brand zach efron like same haircut same eyebrows like same hair color like they were like literally like it's that meme where it's like, oh, you sure you can copy my homework, but just like change it a little bit. Like that is this guy to Zac Efron. I think he's definitely a lot taller than Zac Efron, but otherwise pretty much, yeah. Also, I, could you, did you recognize him for something? Because I swear to God, I recognized him. I recognized something. everyone in this movie from everything. And I have no idea who these people are, where they came from, but everyone looked familiar to me. I, I, I think, well, I just, I had to beat him because he's only been in like six things. So sorry. Um, but he, 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 he did a lot of like, one shots on the Disney Channel sitcoms. Like, he was on, like, one episode of Sweet Life and one episode of... I Because he was, like, low Ren Zac Efron. They were like, we need we yeah. need generic hot guy for a yeah, scene where exactly. someone fawns over him. Let's bring in Marco Vincent. And then they called him and he came. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but there is someone I absolutely recognize whom we meet in a second. Who is Artsy Scarf Friend? No one! I thought she was someone, Who too. I would have I would have put money on her being one of the girls from Zoe 101, but she's yeah, not. Who is I, that I, person? I, I I am Peter. She's not from anything I know. I don't no, know. No, Luke, she is. Man, like, fine, I you do know it. it. You do it. I I couldn't find anything. Anyway, so yeah, she climbs the rope, kills it. She falls. She gets caught by Marco. She's like, oh, Marco. But then we cut to real life, and freaking Kay Panabaker is just sitting in gym class with her tablet. I don't know why she would bring that to gym class, but okay. And she has to climb the rope, and she actually does a pretty good job. She gets, like, halfway up, and then it's just like, I can't. I'm sorry. And I was like, you're not, like, struggling or anything. You're literally just like, nah, this is good. I'm good here. So, yeah, so then she's walking away from, walking through the halls after class, and she runs into, as we discussed, uh, artsy friend and activist friend to great Disney Channel and kids' media tropes. Um, they do have names. Artsy friend is Harmony, and yeah. activist friends is Lindsay, but I will, I pretty much just refer to them as artsy and activist friend. 
Uh, Emma's being very quiet because she's IMDb being this I girl am right now. I'm trying to figure out who the fuck this yeah. is. Yeah. Uh, so the, I, but here's the thing: we've talked a lot about the classic Disney Channel friend formula, which is you know one uh, friend of the same gender and one of the opposite gender. Since there's two of the same gender as the main character, I immediately thought, okay, so there's another one who is of the opposite gender who there who is the romantic interest. Yeah. And ding 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 ding. Winner winner chicken. Jason Dolly. Yes. In one of his earliest roles. Two things. Really quickly. Yeah. I think I recognize her from an episode of Psych, because she was in an episode of Psych, Harmony. Maybe. And also, she is um, on that terrible, terrible show that is... We, uh, have you ever seen Last Man Standing with Tim Allen? I Like, in passing. She's on I that. Think. I think she's... And I'm just looking at this, and, like, she's just someone that has done a shit ton of crime shows, and I've... That's, like, all I watch. It must be that. Okay, I've got to say really quickly, I love to call out when people are great actresses. I also feel like in the vein of fairness, you need to call out when people are not great actresses. Well, no, Emma, well, Emma that's not what we say around here. When say We say when someone's not giving a good performance. It's not. Okay, it she didn't have a stuff. lot to work with, but her performance was, for lack of a better word, wooden activist friend. Yeah. I showed no emotion the entire no. time. No. I was like, change your face. Just yeah, which is which is ironic because her whole job is to care about. Yes, things. her whole job <laughs> is to be impassioned. She should have played that. It's you know how like I'm jealous of this movie because I wanted I, as a kid I wanted to write a book and be famous. I'm uh-huh. jealous of this because it's like I could have acted this. Like just like go campy, like go like crazy, like scream about the whales. Like you should have played it so crazy and so overly impassioned, and she plays it so deadpan. She it was so weird. Uh, my second note is about Jason Dolly, who is the platonic guy friend in this friend group. And, yeah. um, obviously the, our love interest. Um. Yes. And in one of his earliest roles. I was gonna say this has to be like his first thing, right? Now, it's his first thing for Disney Channel. I think his other two credits on IMDb are just for like other stuff. Nothing. But, I, I meant Disney Channel, obviously. I don't right. give a shit about what else. Yeah, but he's, yeah, but he's like 13 in this. He's 13? I think so. So what I'm gonna say now, this is a bad segue, but here I go. I don't know what it is about Disney Channel, like why they always Emma, try to are you, make. Are you going to say you were attracted to Jason Dolph? No, I wasn't. I wasn't. <laughs> I was not. He was thirteen. <laughs> but my point is, is I feel like they cast him in these roles where it's like, why was Disney Channel so intent on making Jason Dolly a loser? Because from my perspective, like he was a 2006 dream. Like he looks like a One Direction member. You know what I mean? Like he, does, he was yeah. so visibly cute and blonde with like swoopy hair, like and likable. Just yeah. likable. I like Jason Dolly. I do. And that He's haircut great. looks so dumb now. But back in the day, but on him, that was it looks fire. great. That and was on him, fire. it looks great. It's like, I can't imagine his hair looking any other way. And no, and every girl was in love with him. And like, why was he always playing like an outcast? Because it's not realistic because he would have been hot. I think the only time he doesn't play a loser, he played a loser in this, played a loser in Minutemen, played a loser yes. in Hatching Pete. Yes, I think I, 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 I have not seen Hatching Pete, but I think that's what happens in that movie. Uh, the only time he's not a loser is on Corey in the house where he's he's kind of dumb, but he is like a cool musician. Yes. like the son of an ambassador or whatever. I forget that's what, what he. That's where he should be. That's the lane that he should be in. Because that's I, what he deserves. Because I don't buy him as a loser. It's just not realistic. I'm sorry. He looks like a surfer bro. Like, he could play a dumb, like, bro-y surfer. But, like, he's not a loser. Right. Well, we're going to meet Jason Dolly in a second. For now, let's get back to the activist and art friend. Art friend made a poster for the activist friends, like, rally to save this old theater. 
Which is weird because all of our other protests are like about animal cruelty, and so the fact she just wants to save a theater is mostly just so the joke so she can say save the planet, which is the name of the theater. Ha 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 ha. Um, was that supposed to yeah, be a joke? I was like, yeah, yeah. Well, because she says like we have to save the planet first, and then Kay Panabaker is like, uh, isn't that a little ambitious for before lunch? Oh, okay. uh, yeah. Um, also, wait, what's Kay Panabaker's character? Jamie. Jamie's is is Kay Panabaker. Also, Jameson. 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 Which Jameson, they say yes. multiple times. And I'm they like, do what bring that up a lot. Fuck? Um, it's almost like a J.K. Rowling type thing, where like once she becomes like an author, I feel like they put the Jameson on there to sound like more prestigious, almost. But I was speaking of art of activist friend giving a poor performance. I think Kay Panabaker is great in this. Movie. Great. And also great job. stunningly beautiful. I never realized how beautiful she was. <laughs> she has the face of a porcelain doll. Like, it's, like, <laughs> so smooth and, sure. like, beautiful and young. Like, I feel like a witch. Like, I wanted to suck yeah, her. Yeah, it's, it's, it's her. getting creepy, Emma. It's getting and creepy. I'm not going like, to lie. She's just, like, really, she give like, she's pretty in a unique way. Where, like, I feel like Danielle Panabaker, the older one, is, like, normal, pretty, like, 2006 girl pretty. Kay Panabaker is pretty in an almost little women type of way or like mm-hmm. she almost belongs in like a period piece like she should be amy in little women or like in a victoria like she is a different kind of pretty but i still appreciate it okay yeah so emma wants to paint a picture of cape anna baker and have it steal her youth from her away from her is what i'm hearing but she's great i think she can stumble in terms of her delivery sometimes but she's a great reactionary Actor, yes, like the when she has to like play play off people, it's very good. Here comes the best actor in this whole oh, fucking movie. Are you talking? Are we talking about Sawyer? She Mindy, Mindy Crenshaw. Incredible! This girl is doing a master class. Well, this I mean, you know girl, who she is, right? Who is it? It's Mindy Crenshaw from Drake and Josh. That's it's who jo- it is. It's, it's, oh it's Josh's. God. It's Josh's girlfriend. Nemesis, and then Nemesis, and then girlfriend. Yeah, she true. is an. Doing, first of all, I love this actress because she's not a typical, like, early 2000s mean girl of, like, oh my god, like, uh, she's, like, a hardcore bitch. She's, like, hey, get <laughs> Like, she has a deep voice and, like, severe eyebrows and, like, I, you guys all know what Mindy Crenshaw was. Like, it's like, the same kind of, like, almost, like. It's just less smart. Like, she's not yeah. meant to be, like, super smart here. But she's, she's not meant to be smart, but she's still just, like, she's, like, legit scary. Like, yeah, although Jamie refers to her, at, refers to her and her friends as the populars, which was real lazy. I hate like, that term. Couldn't come up with anything for that one, huh? Uh, but then also we cut to the book and we find out that in the book her name is Myrna, which will become important later. Yeah, she changes her name. She changes everyone's name. She changes everyone's name except Marco's because his name she is Marco She changes his last life. name. Yeah, but it's, it's pretty... It's Vincent Tavega. Pretty see-through. But no, can I just say really quickly about this actress that's playing Sawyer? She's incredible and gets better and better as this movie goes on. And she is doing what activist friends should have done. This girl was like, I am in a Disney original movie playing a villain bitch and I yep. am going to do this so over the top and yep. so I'm leaning into this so hard, like I'm ready. They and should, they, they should, they should give me a mustache to twirl it. Yeah, it, it, like, and it is, it works. It's so yeah. good. It and absolutely she, works. She walks in, guys. I think that it's finally time. I know I haven't done one in a while, but I do oh, need no. to have a fashion corner. Oh my gosh, it's happening! Play the music. <laughs> Welcome to Fashion Corner. This movie, while it has its problems, 
is probably if we wanted to submit something to the Smithsonian for the, <laughs> the worst early 2000s fashion, this is it. This is an actual masterclass in what the fuck were we doing, you guys? The cool girl <laughs> walks down the hallway in an all-white outfit, all-white low-rise jeans, shirt, vest, a page boy cap. Remember page boy caps? Those were the days. Covered in rhinestones. She's covered in rhinestones from head to toe. And she also has that amazing haircut that I had in like the fourth grade where you fl- your ends flipped out in a little swoop that they flipped outwards. And then she's got that with a I forgot you have that haircut. Wow. Yeah, That's I did. Throwback. I had that same haircut. Also, so... Danielle Panabaker is wearing some of the craziest clothes in the entire movie. I did th- I did suspect you were doing a fashion corner this month, but I thought you were going to wait till either the photo shoot montage or the dance is what I thought you were going to say before. So I was just surprised it's happening so early because there's some fat, quite a lot of fashion on display in both. There is a lot of fashion, but I just need to just like, we should just jump in and talk about it. Danielle Panabaker, it's like, how do we, sh- it's like the somebody on set was like, how do we show... She is invincible, cool, amazing, smart, popular. Oh, I know. Just 15,000 pounds of fucking insane costume jewelry. She's in, like, dangling earrings, scarves, bracelets. Like, just the woman is, if you threw her off a boat, she would sink instantly. She's weighted (laughs) down with costume jewelry. And then an interesting narrative choice they did is as Kay Panabaker, Jamie, becomes more like is... She starts wearing insane costume jewelry. And so her clothes get progressed. I don't know if you noticed this, Luke, as a man, but her clothes. Of course not. Of course I didn't. So Iz is like at a photo shoot with like a fur headband, 16 hoop earrings, 45 bangles. And then you see Jamie and she's in massive chandelier earrings, a side pony with like 16 glitter flowers sticking out of them. And that's like, it's like showing her like turn into is. She just starts wearing like crazy sequin headbands. Remember headbands, guys? That was a time. Yeah, I even had to write down about the like the purple furry one that she wears yes. on top of a tracksuit. Yes. Also, Sawyer is an absolute fashion icon. In one shot of the pizza parlor, she's in a full juicy tracksuit. And I was like respect that is 2006 at its core she also wears a full-on furry cheetah vest at another point which i this movie loved a few things it's like it loved vests a lot of vests loved to have men in scarves the men were in so many marco vega is never without a scarf where were we geographically was it cold uh it was it was filmed in utah damn i thought for sure it was vancouver no Um, not this time damn i think i I think i you know what i think it is i think i don't know if we've run into a decom that takes place in a school that they shot in canada i think all the school-based ones are shot somewhere in the United States. I don't know what is so different about Canadian schools that they can't uh, rent one out up there. It's because uh, they're milks and bags. That would give it away. <laughs> sure, why not? Um, two more things, and then I can wrap up Fashion Corner. Um, at one point, Kate Baker wears, in class, it's at the very end, she's wearing, like, knee-high, furry, purple Ugg boots. I screamed at the top of my lungs. Remember when we all wore I wore those to school every single day. And, like, not furry on the inside. Hers were furry on the outside. Like, outside and inside, double fur. Also, when she gets ready for the big dance, quote-unquote, you know, the under-the-sea dance, 
She does some of the most insane shit I've ever seen anyone do to their hair ever. <laughs> yeah, first of all, even I know Even I had to write down like, what is all, she doing to yeah, her hair? First of all, she, has, she does what we all love to do in 2006, which was curl your hair in insane ringlets and like not brush it through to make like be- like waves. Just leave it in these tight, crunchy ringlets. And I was like, that's an insane choice. And then she took it a step further by just like pinning it up haphazardly so the ringlets were exploding out of the top of her head like in a little fan it was one of the fuggliest things i've ever seen in my life <laughs> but, but the last thing Kate, Kate like, panabaker was so beautiful Emma. i mean she is but that is working against her the one other thing i'll say about this this movie involves and then i'll be done with bash corner this movie has a lot of um tight shots on k panabaker because she's reacting to like uh-huh. crazy things horrible things she's embarrassed so they'll do tight face shots on her this girl's lips are so glossed out. I'm surprised she could get a word out of her mouth <laughs> without some sort of slurring happening to her speech because she is glossed to the max at all point. Like, shiny, like, 16 thick layers of MAC gloss. Like, it is 2006, baby, and we are glossing it up. And I noticed that, and then I was like, that's crazy. Like, she's wearing such a fucking insane amount of lip gloss. Okay, so we're we're about 40 minutes into this podcast, and we're, like, five minutes into the movie, so we need to rock it out of Fashion Corner, but by God, was it worth it, Emma. Thank you. Um, <laughs> okay, so yeah, she runs into Sawyer. Sawyer's a bitch. Also, one of Sawyer's Sidekicks has braces, which you don't see a lot on the Disney Channel. Sure. Also, did you, are they? Did you pick up on this? Are they both named Jennifer? Yes, I think so. Because because at one point they say Jennifer two is out six. I was like, wait a minute, are they both Jennifer? And that's why they're like clones. I don't know. Uh, but Sawyer's a bitch. Tells her to get out of the way of her locker, and she's like, okay, bye. And then like, but for some reason she decides to keep engaging with her, asking her about trying out for cheerleading, and Sawyer continues to be a bitch. That's pretty much. Also, like, a lot why of does dynamic. this movie introduce plot points that we never see or hear about again? Like, why introduce cheerleading if like you're not going to ever show cheerleading or have cheerleading? That's a matter? good point. I actually hadn't thought about that. That's a really good point. It's why did that so just come? So fucking up? weird. It would have made so much more sense to just have her walk away because she doesn't yes. like Sawyer. Yeah. So. Anyway, uh, then we cut to English class, and uh, Marco Vega gets in front of everybody to read a poem. Um, what's weird is that like it doesn't seem. Like anybody else is reading poetry, no, like he just like decides just to get him. up and read this poem he wrote. Um, and also, she's again working on the book in the middle of this class, like she's drawing on her tablet, and the teacher's just like, "Hey, pay attention." And I was like, "Why would you let any student? Why have does she that have a computer in class?" Yeah, it's not. We're not in 2006. That was also not a thing. this was the dumbest twist ever, and this is like with the twist that the end, the whole movie ends up riding on. He gets up and reads that poem and, like, stumbles over the words and is, like, squinting at it. And I go, he obviously didn't write that poem. It's so obvious from the jump. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, well, he only really stumbles over, like, one word and just kind of, and I think, like, you just kind of were meant to forget about it. But I, so I thought it was, like, I mean, it's foreshadowing. So Did I you really not know? Were you surprised? No, I mean, I knew, well, I knew because I've seen this movie before. So oh, I, knew I, I didn't remember anything about it, but I knew for I, I remembered it. Pre- I remembered it pretty well. I remembered the big beats, but not everything in i was like jason dolly wrote that fucking poem and I <laughs> oh, yeah, also also while he's reading marco's reading this whole poem about like you know like loving this girl and seeing the true her or whatever i forget what it is jason dolly's just side-eyeing kate uh kate so hard like, also just like, like mm-hmm. just pure logic pure logic wise like yes like there's the stumble but also like that poem is so 
emotional and like this girl like when will she see me like I knew he didn't write it because there's no way a cool jock guy would recite that poem in class like there's no way that they would do that no matter if they wrote it or not I was like that well, I was Emma, like, we're, Emma we're all deeper than we appear you know man like uh-huh. can't take someone at face value that's really what's wrong with what Kay did to her whole class but we'll get there um then it cuts to lunch and it's just basically a scene of Kate Panabaker being like, God, Marco Vega is the hottest, and he writes such amazing poetry. I'm so open for business. Nothing forum. gets me going quite like poetry. Yeah, I'm open for business, baby. And uh, Jason Dolly's just like, he sucks. I'm secretly in love with you. I Bye. have a really then, bad, like, big problem with Jason Dolly in this movie. And I'll say it here because it's going to come up a lot. Uh, Jason Dolly is the master of his own misery to a certain point. Like, I do feel for him, and you're sp- he's supposed to be the sympathetic character here. But my man's, you're a little bit of a, being a little bit of a bitch. Like he asks her to the dance, and then maybe she'll go with you. Like yeah, he, but I, yeah, but I feel like that's that's his, that's his character arc. Is that like he has to learn that like he needs to stand up and actually do something if he wants to get this girl. Like, like and that's yeah, you're fine, right. and that's like, fine. If that's his character arc. But I don't like that I was supposed to be super sympathetic to him because I wasn't. I don't think. He, okay, like, that's fair. Yeah. Okay, I gotcha. I mean, yeah, it does very play off in the beginning as being like, I'm in the friend zone. Yeah, yes, yes. Like, he, and he has like, like big a, sad boy energy of like, she wants <laughs> like, it's like, it's like, all right, well, you didn't fucking even try. <laughs> I love the phrase big sad boy energy. He does. He has big sad boy energy. Like, why doesn't she like me? I'm like, well, you didn't even tell her you liked her. Sack up and go say something and then let's go from there. Right. Um, next, and now let's meet a familiar face and yet another familiar face. For the dad? Who watch this. The dad. Let's talk about the dad because we go to the pizza shack, Ralph's Pizza Shack, and uh, we meet her father who runs the place, who is like a mad pizza scientist where he's constantly trying to put. This was such a weird character trait. It was, but I loved it. I'm not going to lie. It was so out of left field, but really funny. But what's insane about it is like, so he comes up with like liver and onion pizza and like. Wait, you didn't say what, what, where he, where he's from. Oh, right. He's the dad from Even Stevens. Yes. And he's also like the te- he's also probably like the I think he's like a teacher in Brink or something like that. He's been on a lot of like various yeah. and like in other kids movies too. He's like the dad or the authority figure. But he's or the something. dad from Even Stevens. Yeah, if I, if I showed you a picture of this man, you'd immediately recognize him. But yeah, so he's like making all these weird kinds of pizzas. And everyone's always like, that's so gross, Mr. Bartlett. Like, no one wants to eat that pizza. Also, guys, back to the West Wing, I could not stop thinking about the West Wing. And, oh, my their God. last name is Bartlett. Bartlett Jeez. for America. Thank you, Emma. Thank you. Great. But so what's weird is he comes up with these gross pizzas and they're like, no one wants to eat this. And then they still serve it to people. So it's like, this is like the only pizza store, pizza shop in the world where you don't get to order the pizza. The no, pizza just you comes get what, and whatever, you get what whatever, you... whatever, whatever is on it is, uh, is that's up to God. You are a, uh, you are at the mercy at of the, the mercy pizza of shop. Ralph. You yeah. come to the altar of Ralph. That's why it's like, this is, uh, this isn't a pizza shack. This is, this is Ralph's pizza shack. I control the pizzas. That's basically <laughs> how it works um and like yeah all the populars are eating there and like uh jane stop has to saying wait tables. the term the populars i hate it so well it's much. a good group it's a good group term so i'm gonna have to use it again but like jamie's working there uh mindy makes her get her a cup a new drink uh, with no ice are we just calling uh, her mindy now 
Oh, I did call her Mindy. Sawyer, whatever. Well, Mindy and Myrna and Sawyer, she got a lot of names. Sawyer makes her get her, makes Jamie get her a drink with no ice, which she's upset about, but I mean, like, you did, you did screw up, Jamie. She did ask for no ice, but she was not being, she didn't handle it well. Uh, she also never doesn't know who she is. She constantly forgets her name, despite them being in a bunch of classes. That's the bit there. And so then we, they're doing a sleepover at Jamie's house. Uh, so it's her artistic friend and uh, activist friend. And they're talking about. <laughs> I love uh, that those are her two friends. It's really yep. funny. They are talking about the essay contests which are due the essays are due monday and the winner gets pu- published in the groundbreaking publication education times yeah wow guys it's a real barn burner the yeah. education times which i have so many questions about because like i thought at first like it was just their school newspaper with a really boring name but we but they read their school newspaper later and it's called the spartan which i guess is their mascot so like why is every everyone in the school gets their dick so rock hard over the education okay, time also it's the biggest different publication. issue that i had was that like when they're all chilling artist friend activist friend jamie are all chilling and they're like it made it sound like the essays had to be about about school school. or something yeah but like because they all were saying their ideas were like in between class times and like using less paper for yeah like something that would you you could maybe plan to see in the education times yeah definitely definitely not creative writing some kind of essay essay um and they're all like yeah whatever it's dumb who cares about the essay content and then she tries to print off her essay to hand in the next on Monday, but her printer dies. She makes no effort to try and fix it. She just says, oh, my printer died. And that's the end of that. It's dead. And then she says, oh, we should ask Lenny, who's her older brother, who I, we've met at lunch, too, I believe, who, like, is a musician. And he's playing the guitars. But that made me question. So not only does she have two computers, but you got each of your children individually Different printers? printers? I, really? I, I don't want to tell these parents how to live their lives. But I don't think they're budgeting correctly Mm-mm. because they are. And and Lenny has like a guitar and shit. Like, yeah, I don't. And then they're underwater with this. Piece I, of I think the, I think these parents might be a little too supportive of their children. I agree. Like, like aside from making them work in the pizza shack to pay, make like to I I, I don't know. If, I guess they pay them. They, I think they just give them whatever they want. Um, but like Lenny kicks her out, and then uh, this is the, the sowing the seed that he's a musician is the first time we see him playing the guitar, and so. She says, uh, uh, so an activist friend says, here, send it to me. I'll print it off and bring it in Monday. And she's like, okay, cool. Great idea. But then it cuts to later that night and she's watching. They're all like gathered on TV watching like a soap opera. And, uh, you know, they're reacting to it. And she accidentally, she, she, she comes over in the narration with a very dramatic, like, this one mistake would change my life forever. She accidentally sends her journal to activist friend. Because she's so surprised by what she sees on TV, which, by the way, is I, it I like said, a soap? I don't even. Know yeah, it's, it's a, yeah, it's like a soap opera, and I, I I've said this before. I say again, I live for the stuff they show on TV in like Disney Channel original movies, oh, just yeah. because like because it's always either something like super obscure or something like that, or it's something that they've shot exclusively for this movie, which they had to because we meet the actors. Yeah, they later. had to shoot this. So they movie. they shot this soap opera. For this scene, and it makes me just so interested in how that production went. This was also the scene at night where they zoom out on their house, and I was like, do they live in a mansion? Because it's like a absolutely fucking massive house. And yeah, it's then, got like stone columns and ivy growing up the yes, side. It's, ab- it's an absolutely massive house, 
But then when you see it again during daytime, like three scenes later, it says apartments on top. So there, that is oh, what we're... Oh, I we're noticed to, that. What we're to believe that sprawling, we see like 17 rooms of their house is an apartment with its six printers. Something, something, something tells me Disney Channel just did not crop that shot properly. And that and that was not meant to be the impression. But I mean, neither but, of it makes sense. They no, shouldn't no, live doesn't. in a mansion. They're struggling financially. And they, no, absolutely. that shouldn't really be an apartment because there's too much space. You're definitely right. So then we cut to, here's the thing that really, this really threw me. This next scene it literally comes out of nowhere and only has bearing on activist friends story later. But like, it doesn't make any sense because they're at, they're just suddenly at a kiosk doing their makeup, like, like, well, like a mall kiosk, but it's like an outdoor mall. And like, then the actor's friend comes what in and is was like, this? yeah, that's what I'm saying. It comes out of nowhere. It has nothing to do with anything except for activist friends protest later. It's like, she's like, oh, what are you doing? You can't use this makeup. Uh, they test on animals. It's cruel. I'm going to take it up with the people. And then they walk away. And then, but their makeup's only half done, so they look like Ross from that one episode where he gets a half spray tan. So yeah, like one but half only of their half face. of their face, it's like a two-face line. Yeah, exactly. There's a perfect two-face line, and they're like, and Sawyer comes by and laughs at them, and is like, ha, did you do your makeup late at night? And they're like, well, you could have let us finish. <laughs> but that's the whole scene. It doesn't explain why they're there. doesn't explain where they are. Why, are the, why was there an outdoor mall? That looked like it was at their nope. school. No, yeah, I absolutely, I genuinely thought, I was like, is this just happening outside of school? What's going on? And it has literally no bearing on anything except for later where she's doing a protest for animal rights or whatever. I, I don't know. They I, I literally think they had the scene and they were like, well, we have to keep that in. It's so funny. Like the kids are going <laughs> to die laughing at that. Yeah, we have to keep that in. For the yeah, last. you got to keep that. Got to keep that golden. So then it cuts to school like a month later where they the, the results of the contest are being announced. And we see activist friend hand in the long, huge document of is saves the world is what it says at the time. But it's all like printed, which, by the way, real dick move to make your friend print that off. It's like, yeah, a it's like a million thing. pages. It's a million pages in like full color. Like she that print. As we said earlier, you guys, as I said earlier, she can only write like five words a page with the fucking amount of drawing yeah. and shit and word art she's doing. It's going to be a million pages. Definitely. But then she's like, oh, hey, they announced the winner of the contest. And like uh, Kay Panabaker's like, I don't care. And she's like, well, you should. You wrote, like, a novel. And she's like, uh, no, I didn't. It was, like, five pages with notes. And she's like, uh, that's not what you sent me. So. Honestly, this is not an activist friend. Like, why would you not flag? Yeah, especially because she told her what it was about. It was about the wait times between class periods. And then she got delivered a document that was not that. And she was like, well, I guess I'll just hand this in anyway. And she got delivered a document that was a bunch of stick figure drawings and crazy shit with zapping. I would be like, yo. Um, but then Jason Dolly comes running down this hallway being like, guess who won the contest? And he's waving the Education Times in his hand. And then we get a great reaction shot of Kate Panabaker going, no! It's a classic Disney Channel, and I love yes. it. Also, have we learned? Do they have they mentioned what Jason Dolly's name is yet? Because I feel like they don't introduce. Uh, they don't saying tell it you until the last three fourths of the movie, like last quarter of the movie. I'm so glad you got that too, because I was like, "What is this character's name?" Whole, I can. The only reason I know that is because all of my notes say Jason Dolly until like the yep, last me too. five. Absolutely, where they start to say Connor. same. I don't think they say his name until like 
actually the last 15 minutes. So then it cuts to English class and the teacher, Mrs. Gallagher, is like reading her journal out loud, like from the paper it got printed in the paper, like they said, which looked like a real horrible format because like it was like double sided, like we said, and then crazy colors. So I don't know what, how the newspaper printed that. Uh, but she's, and so it's all, you know, about like Myrna and Marco and like you see the characters, like uh, actual Marco being like, I don't know, that Marco Vincent, he's a cool dude, sounds like, and Sawyer being like, I don't know, it seems like weak sauce, whatever. And like Kay Panabaker's just like slumping in her chair being like, but like she's freaking out but like apparently she goes to the world's dumbest school where like no one has realized that this is pulled from her real life there's not even an inkling of anyone being like at this point that they think that they are any of these characters i mean i personally kind of let it slide just because she doesn't like know any of these kids like honestly she's not like friends with all of these people so it's not like like if like if someone at my school wrote a book and it was about high school or something like that and i read it i wouldn't necessarily think this person that i've seen a couple times in class, like, based a character off of me, you know? I know, that's fine. I, I mean, yeah, whatever, that's fine. But, like, she's mortified. And yeah. it's, like, freaking out. But I'm like, okay, bitch, play it cool. Like, you fortuitously, in your fucking journal, changed everyone's names and identities already. Right. For some reason? But then, like, she leaves, and she's just, like, freaking out. And Jason Dolly comes up and is like, hey, what are you so mad about? Everybody really likes your book. It's great. And uh, she's like, oh, well, it's my journal, and I didn't want it to get out. And he's like, oh, well, you know what? I'm sure it'll die down or whatever. And she's like, yeah, no problem. And then we do a hard cut to her being at home. And then she's like, a book? They want to make a book out of my thing? And she's like, I don't know, Mom. That The humiliation has just died down, and I can't handle a whole lunch of zapping by the way yeah that's her thing i hate the zapping i hate it so much it gave me big floss vibes from dad naps and also like what cool kids would in in a high school would actually there's so much zap there's so much b-roll of just kids walking around the halls holding the book or the newspaper just going zap zap and like pushing their hands outward like to make the motion so then she's like well i don't want to make the book because i'm still embarrassed and it'll like follow me around forever sorry mom also she has two live parents Good, good. Yeah, they're good they're good struggling financially, but they are alive. Yes, but they're there for the, they're there at least. Um, they're also they're both like I, I kind of like both of them. Like they both have an attempt at a character and like some comedy, so I was kind of into it. I thought the mom was actually really sweet. So then she's like, "Well, it doesn't matter. I don't have any more pages." So then she goes up to her room and is just like, she's looking at this row of journals and is just like, "Hmm." And this is where I'm saying. This is legitimately, like, a scene out of a psychological thriller. Because, like, the cuts they're doing are also super fast, and she's just, like, whipping her head around the room, being like, oh, who's, yeah, you know, I don't want to do it, meh, like, like, her man, her personality is manifesting This out. was you also, see. like, fucking garbage, because I was like, your parents are treading water financially. Sit your white ass down and write the book and help support this family. Yeah, but they don't bring up the struggling financial thing until the movie reaches, like, the 10-yard line. Like, they, yes, it, yeah, it is they, literally in the last, like, 10 minutes of the movie they're like oh also they held that back and jason dolly's name until the very end of absolutely 100 percent. because like they mentioned that like i mean but when we see this shack there's still a lot of customers and stuff yeah i guess i'm fill- i guess i'm filling in the financial thing like to the beginning of the movie but i guess you're right i didn't know that they were struggling until the very end they absolutely tell don't show they say they were struggling financially at the end but we have seen no evidence of that um but then like yeah so then we see daniel panabaker talking to Kay Panabaker and she is is as we saw in like the book part in the beginning and this is how the rest of the movie is going to work is she will like take breaks to talk to her other personality or she'll just like pop in and be doing stuff and it's freaking insane 
Um, but so then she, Danielle convinces Kay to give the mom a pages. But so she comes down and the mom's like, oh, I'm so proud of you. This is going to be a great opportunity. And then she goes up to Lenny, who's playing a video game, which again, I live for fake video games at this channel where they're just like mashing buttons on the controller oh, and like whatever the hell is that. Absolutely smashing. Lo- I things. love it. Love it so much. And he's like, you're writing a book. And she's like, yeah, yes. And he's like, that sounds like a pipe dream to me. And here's a fun fact, everybody. This memory came back flooding to me like a freight train. This movie taught me what the phrase pipe dream was. Because I remember watching, I remember watching this movie and having to ask you, Emma, what's a pipe dream? Like, I don't get what that means. You're like, it means like a, like far fetched. And I was like, oh, okay. So yeah, that's not the only thing that I was like, do you expect kids to understand that Disney channel? Because there's a couple others. Another problem that I have with this movie, in addition to the Jason Dolly problem, I also hate this movie tries to make us feel bad for the older brother Lenny. Yeah. The entire movie, he is an absolute dick to her. Like an mm-hmm. absolute asshole. Like yeah. will not let her use his printer, slamming the door in her face, won't talk to her at their high school. Like he is objectively a fucking asshole. Like tells her like she can't write a book. She leaves to go on a press tour. He won't even hug her or say goodbye. Like objectively super mean. And then she obviously writes like him as not a great character in our book. And he's and we're all supposed to like be like, oh Lenny. And then she like crushes his singing dreams and we're supposed to like feel bad for him. I'm like, no, like she should crush his dreams. He's been a dick to her for the past 45 minutes. And he shows no remorse and never apologizes. Yeah, no, he never has a moment of being like, you know what? I actually do care about my sister. No! And the way the the school, you guys at the school have been treating her is messed up. Anyway, here's my music. We're supposed to feel bad for him and want him to perform at the dance, and I don't. I don't give a shit. No. Um, Although, by the way, I do think they casted this movie very well in terms of ages, unlike Stuck in the Suburbs, where everybody looked uh, like 12, and then Daniel Panabaker and Brenda Song looked like 25, you know? Uh, everybody looks like they're supposed to be freshman in high school and Lenny is supposed to be like 17, I guess. So it, 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 she, he looks believably like her older brother. Yeah, yeah. So then it cuts to a month later. So we're two months from where the movie started, I think is what they say. Yeah, they're literally, they all of a sudden it's like one month later or something. You're like, what? Yeah, well, it was one month later to reveal the contest winner. And then it's another month to get the book, yeah, which is also like crazy. Because how do they, how did they get a book printed, illustrated, distributed, I, in a month, ready to go in a month? In a month. It's insanity. Okay, the other thing I wanted to bring up here really quickly, like, before we talk about the, once the book is actually out, out, like, so she then, like, they're like, we want more pages to turn it into a full book. Like, she then has, I literally wrote down, I was like, you have the control here. Just, like, change some shit. If you're worried about people finding out that, like, they are Myrna, like, before you submit these pages, like, alter some stuff to make it less obvious, change the names. Like, she could have protected herself here, and she just doesn't. It's not like the whole book went to the publisher, like, ready to go from that one mistake. Like, she had, she was doing fucking rewrites on it. I get what you're saying. It's all, She also is kind of the maker of her own min- misery in that, in that sense. Although, however, I would like to point out, again, I don't know what's going on upstairs with her. So she's in a delicate place yeah. right now. She's had her personal... Th- th- that's what I'm saying. Is like, the same day she had her personal journal outed to the world... It created this alternate personality in her head that sometimes takes over and influences her actions. But then we get, so then it cuts to the school and they're just selling the book at the school. And I was like, why are they doing that? You're not a bookstore. This whole thing just moves so fast. Like it's like one month book out. Now it's a bestseller. Like 
It's yeah. It's yeah. not even like just like the production of the book. Like it's already topping the bestseller list. Oh, absolutely. But and she gets swarmed by kids at school wanting her to sign the book, and it's supposed. To, and they loved using that shot in the trailer. Let me tell you. Also, like this whole movie, another ma- ma- massive fucking problem I have with it. Like, yeah, she's a best-selling author. That's like really fucking cool. How many name? Literally name five best-selling authors that get swarmed for autographs in their day-to-day life. I pass it in this scene because she's at the school. Everybody knows yeah, she's at the school. Yeah, but, like, it, on the streets. Yeah, and once, and once we get to the next scene, which is her working at the pizza store, and a ton of people show up to eat pizza, yeah. and, then they're like, and then they're like, oh, I think they just want to see Jamie. And I was like, really? Do they? The book's, like, barely out. How do she's they? She's not how? a movie star, so, like, people don't know what authors look like and or care. Like, I could probably think of two. J.K. Yeah. Rowling and George R.R. R. Martin. Like, other sure. than that, nobody gives a fuck, like, People who have wrote multiple huge books that are, like, international famous. That have been adapted into movies and TV shows. Like, nobody cares what authors do. I am a huge fan of the Percy Jackson series. Uh, if Rick Riordan bumped into me on the street, I would have no idea what that No idea who like. he is. It's like the four other guys in Maroon 5. Like, anyone could <laughs> tell me they're them. I don't fucking know. Yeah. Like, it's the exact same thing. Uh, but yeah, so then she, like, we, the pizza business is way up, and then so the mom recruits, uh, Jason Dolly and activist friend to work there, cause just artist friend. By just and, uh, throwing aprons there. at them. Yeah. Also, why didn't they all just work there for the job? I, that was just so stupid. I, I don't know. Because they wanted that, cause, booming? yeah, cause they wanted that scene. So then they're like, uh, we got a montage It's another, Luke, it's another fucking dumb thing where they just wanted that joke. Absolutely, yeah, 100%. They wanted that joke of, we pay you to stand around, you don't pay us. Now we do. Do, yeah, they absolutely, you're absolutely right. Um, also, for the record, this is a very, uh, this is a pretty short decom. It's like a tight hour 20, I think. Like, it's not the full hour and a half, like a lot of them are. So, I, so I'm surprised that they, like, cut anything and were like, well, we gotta keep those jokes. But so then we get a montage of them just working at the pizza shack cool whatever then at the end of the night they, they literally they confirm my point that like he says did you notice everybody just picked the toppings off their pizza so they didn't order the toppings that were on their pizza either why, that or like why the, do they why is it russian roulette like that I doesn't know, seem like a sustainable it, business like unless they are making pepperoni somehow in some disgusting way that people want to pick it off who order their pizza with pepperoni they're just handing them whatever gross pizza the dad's making and then they're like okay gross and then they're eating the cheese because she does say that he has the best cheese pizza in town but she, then she's like yeah but don't tell my dad everybody came just to see me because he'll be disappointed whatever um and then for some reason jason dolly brings up the dance that's coming up you mean the big dance oh yeah the big dance it's time for the i think you already said it. it's like the under the sea dance is that yes. just it or is there oh i thought there was like a an enchantment under the sea back to the future style thing um but he's like you know what if none of us are going with anybody let's just all go together i can get my brother to drive us in our in his truck and they're like okay cool we're all friends Great. Oh, also, good, like, one of the How good jokes. How old is Jason Dolly's brother? Let's I, we're just gonna put get, a wait, number wait, on wait, that. Say, put, put, put that in your pocket. I have a lot to say about the brother. We'll talk about him I have so much to say about the brother. I, we're gonna I, get I your, gotta say right now. I Jason Dolly's brother. Let me say this line first. Let me say this line first. Because it's the one genuinely good joke in the movie that made me laugh. Is, what is it? They're saying, they're saying, it's under the sea dance. And she and they all say like, oh well, we're not gonna go because we don't have dates. And then Kate Panabaker jokes or a snorkel. And the activist friend goes, I have a snorkel. And just the way she delivered that line made me laugh really hard. I 
didn't laugh for a second. I don't even remember this line. This totally got me. It's a great line. Cross your mouth. Let's start talking about the brother. His, he's 36. He's 36. I, I, I wrote down 35. That's so funny. He's at 36. What is the age gap between these two siblings? He's that still living at home. Visibly in his mid 30s. If you had and told he, me he was, if you had told me that was his dad, I would have bought it. He literally reminds me of the Steve Buscemi 30 Rock, like, hello, fellow kids. Like, because he's like yeah. trying to talk like a college or like high school see like like a college dude but like he's visibly 36 like i could not stop laughing he's a full-grown adult he lives at home he has pet iguanas he has a beat-up truck that every new thing they introduced about him was so fucking bonkers he, he's the most interesting character in this movie i wanted to know more I, about this he guy also like is disgusting and like everything he owns smells like toxic ways like i like to imagine that he like freaking just got divorced and had to move back in with his family and he's like trying to rebuild his life okay that's good but my theory was that i think that jason dolly is also experiencing a nervous break and this brother is like his is like i don't think anyone else can see the brother <laughs> that's amazing <laughs> it's just only he i like that him. a lot and I like that a lot. That it's his like it's his like uh what's the it's like his uh not his conscience, but his like inner confidence. Like, yeah, like, the one who, like he has to him give him pep talk. Because all of his lines are like vague, weird life coachy shit, like, come on, squirt, you can do it. Like, have you told her? And like he never interacts with anyone else except for Jason Dolly. I it's think true. that he's also a figment of his imagination. Yeah. Also, in their scene where they're talking where he agrees to like clean all of his crap to let it, to get him to drive it, it's where we find out, like, they confirm that like uh, the brother's like, come on, you're in love with Jamie Bartlett. You want to take her to the dance? Like, that's the scene where we get clarification if it wasn't freaking already obvious enough. So that happens. They also sign up for the decorating committee for the dance, even though the two friends don't want to. But Jamie talks them into it. Even I don't know why. Again, pretty much just because the plot needs it to happen. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Then there's a scene of her packing to go on a, the book tour. And we hear Lenny strumming. And the friends are like, man, Lenny's awesome. Literally just... <laughs> Just by strumming the guitar. He's it's I really- okay, guy, wait, wait, wait. I need to go back to my notes because now I know where we are. He's playing just three chord tops over and over yep. again. His uh. fingers are barely moving on the guitar and they're like, Lenny is amazing. Yeah, they're like, oh, he's getting really good. And he's literally just going strum, strum, strum. He's not singing anything. No, he's no, not he's, performing he's, any he's kind not, of song. And it's three chords, if that might be two chords. Um, but yeah, so then she leaves to go on the book tour with her mom. Okay, the book tour is where I want to bring up this point. Well, let's, well, let's, well, so let's save that. Let's take a quick break and we'll come back and talk about that. Okay. Uh, all right. So excuse us, everyone. We got to zap ourselves out of here real quick. We'll uh, see you in a bit. I have that one ready. So back to read it and weep. Have we, I don't know if you, we actually touched on before the setup for the setup committee for the big dance. We touched on it briefly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I knew when that was immediately introduced that she's going to abandon them on this. She's going to. Oh, yeah. Also, she she also said, don't worry, I'll take care of everything. So, yes. They didn't want to be on the committee. Like, they, she did, they didn't want to do it. And she was like, don't worry, like, I will take care of everything. And I was like, oh, she's going to get famous and completely abandon them on this. I know this 
to be true for sure. Tale as old as time. Literally, it was written in the stars. Um, so she goes on the book tour and guess what happens, you guys? She does abandon them. So we, she leaves for the book tour and it cuts into this whole montage of, uh, her, you know, being on talk shows. Some of the shittiest looking fake talk shows I've ever seen in my mm-hmm. life. Oh, they're all so fake. They it's all look like the word with Perdapley from Parks and Rec. Like they, they do a little so bit. Yeah. Shitty. These are supposed to be like LA daytime shows and they look like fucking well, garbage. New, no, New York. We're in New York now. Excuse um, me. And so while she's on, like, these talk shows and, like, doing photo shoots and stuff, like, you see Iz off camera being, like, like, you see, oh, also, we forgot, we also forgot to mention, uh, her handler. She has a handler now. And they uh, use that word so many times. Yeah. The drinking game for this movie is drink every time they say handler, you'll die. But, like, why wouldn't they just be, like, yep. agent? Like, handler's such a weird word. Like, it would, like, Yeah, it's agent. another one of the, it's another one of those things that I feel like you'd have to explain to kids, like, what yes, that yes. mean. Yes, yes, that's so weird. But, like, you see your handler and her mom trying to be like, hey, smile, say this. But then it's, Here's you see the Iz, you see Iz off camera being like, you got this. And then she's like, oh, yeah. It, it, you know, it feels very almost, I know we said Black Swan. It feels almost very Tyler Durden-esque. Okay, here's the thing about the Danielle Panabaker thing. This is what I was going to say before the break. Danielle Panabaker is second build in this movie after her sister to be this fictional person. Much like cheerleading and a wealth of other things in this movie, is actually serves no narrative purpose. Later in like the fourth quarter of this movie, when they finally, they finally kind of make Iz in like the last 10 minutes, like be like domineering and like taking over and like Kay's turning into Iz yeah, or she, whatever. Yeah, she, she kind of becomes the villain. What happens is for the first three fourths of the movie, she just pops in, says irrelevant quips and disappears. Yep. That's it's exactly like she's right. that shit. And so then when they're like, you're turning into Iz, I'm like, who is Iz? Like, is Iz evil? Because all I've seen her go is, you tell him, sister, pop, and, like, leave. Like, she does nothing for, like, the majority of the movie. And then at the end, they're like, she's bad. And I'm like, why? What I really think it was is that they got Daniel Panabaker to do this part with her sister. And they had all these scripted things of her, like, when they're going to have psychotic conversations with one another when she's talking to someone who is not actually there. And then they were like, well, we can't, like, we have Daniel Panabaker. She's, you know, Disney Channel famous. We got to insert her into the movie a little bit more. I love that, that sentence. I actually want that on a t-shirt if anyone wants to make us merch. Like, I truly want, well, it's like you're fucking talking about Leo to go, well, we have Daniel Panabaker. We can't <laughs> let her go to waste. Like, no one has ever said that sentence in any other instance than this specific movie. Exactly. Like, someone being like, well, we fucking got Ryan Gosling to sign on. We have to do something with him. Like, Danielle Panabaker. We got yeah. her, guys. Like, we got her. Thank we pulled God. Off. We locked yeah. her in. But so the whole montage ends, it culminates at this uh, Disney Channel adult party, which is not something we've had uh, experience with before, which I was excited about, but it's honestly kind of boring. So boring. How do they make a party with celebrities so boring? And Because it was just like the mom and her like chatting, being like, man, this is And more so phone crazy. calls and more fucking phone this calls. Is, this, this is also where I noticed her hair, the first time her hair was like, what is going on with her head? <laughs> But, like, so she and the mom are talking, and she sees one of the actresses from that soap opera she was watching earlier. And it's like, oh, my gosh, that's her. So exciting. The mom's like, well, just go up and talk to her. You know, she's just a person. She's like, no, I couldn't do that. Remember, guys, in 2006 when Paris Hilton was around and, like, it was, like, normal for, like, rich, popular women to wear mini tiaras? Like, She is wearing a tiara, yeah. This woman is wearing a mini tiara. Although I immediately felt, we don't do a lot of story time on this, but I felt the need to tell this story. 
because it reminded me of Emma. Don't love where this is going. I mean, me and Emma were in Las Vegas with our family. We happen to run into two people from some reality show that Emma loves. Yeah, it's that I Pump Rules, and it's my favorite show. And Emma just has the white as a ghost when she sees that these are the people. And I, of course, have do not care who these people are in any way, shape, or form. So I just say, <laughs> why don't why don't you go over and ask them for a picture and talk to them for a second? Because they were just walking. They weren't talking to anybody. They weren't like trying to relax. They were just walking somewhere. And I said, worst case scenario, they say, sorry, we're in a rush. We gotta go. And you don't get a picture. And but Emma literally looked at like I just suggested I shoot them in the shit face. My pants. I almost <laughs> shit my pants. Guys, I also like just for context, like I had a job for a while where like I had to like interview celebrities on a regular basis. So like I was very used to like I'm not someone who gets really starstruck. I saw these two randos by a pool in Vegas and actually almost shit my pants and couldn't even like broach the idea of going up to talk to them because I was so scared about inconveniencing these reality stars. If you understand, if you've listened to this podcast ever before, you understand that Emma does not get struck speechless in many moments. Ever. Emma, and I was. Emma I was fully was speechless. speechless. And that's what happens to Kate Vanabaker here. And literally that, you were the mom because you were like trying to chase yeah. me down. And you're like, get a picture. And I was like, no, no. Yeah. It was hilarious and that's what i was very interesting i can't go up to her and then the mom sees a musician that she likes um and is like oh you should go talk to her huh? the and musician mom's like, that she likes is a six-year-old black man in a fedora i like like you it was honestly like i know this wasn't meant to be a joke but like it was the funniest joke in the whole movie was that like they were talking about this guy chick oh my god it's george jackson like the singer you like blah blah yeah. blah like and i know it narratively it makes sense that he'd be an older gent if the, it's someone the mom, he didn't look like, he didn't look that old to me but, it, but he but he looked like a dad like he was like, yeah, like yeah. one of the da- other dads at the high school except for like the only thing they're like how do we signify that this guy's a celeb oh i know Fedora. Slap a fedora. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Give him For some sure. snazzy jeans and a fedora. And I was like, what? But so then uh Iz appears to her after the mom goes to talk to George Jackson and awkwardly hugs him. And she's like, you should, you know, mingle, like meet people. And she pulls the classic introvert introvert move, which is finding the dog at the party and going up and petting it, which I thought was funny. Um And then, but then the soap opera star that she likes comes up to retrieve the dog as her dog. And they each come up at the same time and they get their hair tangled. No, 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 no. What happens is, as I said earlier in Fashion Corner, as Kay Panavaker becomes more famous, she starts wearing a lot of insane costume jewelry and hair shit. And one of her big earrings gets caught in this girl's hair. It's a, it's an earring to hair. Oh, I wasn't paying, I wasn't paying that close of attention. Uh, but then, so they lead them, they get, they go off into a side room so they don't end up on the cover of some Starlight magazine. magazine. That's what it was. And then they disentangle themselves and the lady, the girl's kind of mean. Uh, she's, she's just a like, massive oh. fucking bitch. Yeah, and then she's like, oh, well, you don't live with my expectations. But then another actress from the show comes around and is like, oh my gosh, you're Jameson Bartlett. I loved your book. And she's like, wow, that's great. You're actually really nice, despite the fact you poisoned someone on the show. And the, But then, like, the male lead that should, like, ride her down. That's who she really and, cared about. Because the mom's yeah. like, go talk to the girl. And mom's, she's like, I don't really care about, I like, Ryder Donovan. Ryder Donovan is 45 years old and 
absolutely a wreck to look at visually. Like, it's <laughs> fucking ugly. I was like, but also, you touched on a good point. Why have so many adults read this children's book? It, like, I it don't know. Make any I don't know. Like, what? Like, why are they all so in on the trends? It's I mean, it's Harry Potter. It's crossover appeal. I, I, I don't guess. Know. Also, just a heads up. I called my shot, like, Babe Ruth, like, around this. Like, before she even got to this party, I was like, she is going to ditch the group date to this dance and is going to go with Marco. Right, because then there's a scene in the limo where yeah. she gets a call where she finds out Marco broke up with Sawyer. They were a thing, by the way. Uh, they they broke up and she's like, oh my gosh, dish is dish, great gossip. But then she hangs up on Connor because she has to talk to her handler and, uh, and again, we're supposed to feel sympathetic for him. Well, then she goes back to school, so the tour's over at the end. The activist friend brings up the fact that she has a protest and she needs this her rally, I saw This is my note. I want to read it word for word. I said, this rally came out of nowhere plot-wise and there's no fucking way in hell Kay Vandemaker's showing. Absolutely. 100%. And like that's what I was saying, is the only reason that scene at the mall existed earlier was to set up this animal rights rally. But why, here's but my question. But it didn't even set it up. This rally comes out of nowhere. Right. And here's my question. Why wasn't it a rally to save the whales? Because that's what she's really why concerned about. Why would it all be tied into the whales? Fuck, you're so right. God. We'll get into that later. But it's a, it's an unrelated animal rights rally of this makeup company. So then, yeah, so she goes, she's talking to the friends. They, she bumps into Mar- there, this is another funny thing. Is she bumps into Marco in the lunchroom and then everybody in the school- Gasps! Like, like, like it's the, like it's hairspray. Yeah. And all of a sudden it yeah. goes, okay, this was funny and I, this was a part that I genuinely laughed at. Yeah. But me it too. was like a different, a different movie. I was like, it was mm-hmm. so campy and weird. Like her and Marco like bump into each other and like look at each other and everyone in the lunchroom goes, <gasps> Like, it's like, I, it felt High School Musical-y in a way that the whole rest of the movie was like an it's emotional drama. It, it's very out of place. It's funny because it's out of place. But yeah, so she goes and sits with the populars and the friends are all like, well, I guess we just have to share our Jamie now. And the activist friend is like, well, as long as she shows up at the rally, I'm cool with it. And I was like, so you only and care about her. I was like, her. she's not coming to the rally. Well, yeah, you're not coming to the rally, but also it makes it seem like she only cares about her for this popularity. She's like, listen, I don't actually care about having to spend time with Jamie, but as long as she helps me save animals, I'm down with it. Also in the scene, Connor gets freaked out because, uh, she realizes that he, I mean, he realizes and he's told by the girls that if they have dates, they're not gonna, all going to go together. And he's like, oh, no, Jamie might not go what with me because now Marco's available. What a fucking <laughs> piece of shit. He, the girls have to fucking tell him. They're like, by the way, bitch, if she goes with him, which he's into her, she that means she's not going to come with us. And he was like, oh, my stupid pussy ass group date plan is going to come through. Like, yeah, no shit, man. Like. I, I hate this fucking guy. I'm sorry. He's just like... <laughs> Look, Jason Dolly was still honing his craft. It's not his fault. No, no, no. I love Jason Dolly as an actor, and I think he's so cute and so good in this. But, like, this character, I was very frustrated with. Because yeah. he is so miffed at her. Like, yeah, obviously Marco sucks, and obviously Jason Dolly's the right choice, narratively. But there should have been a scene where he, like, lays it on the line for her... And she's so caught up in fame and popular that she, like, fucks him off. But that doesn't happen. He never actually, until the very end, sacks, like, then I would feel bad for him if he was like, hey, I did this group dance because I wanted to go with you. I, like, he doesn't even say, I like you, bare bones, and at all. Like You're 100% right. 100% correct. He never has that moment. That's not how you get what you want, man. Very true. 
then we find out she quit the pizza store and so just Can the friends are working there. Can you quit your dad's business? And that was weird to me too. It's like she says, "I don't need this." Not like I need your the money anymore. Your needs this money. I think it's your dad's business. Well, no, she says like I don't need the money anymore, and I was like, I wasn't even under the impression you were getting paid. But okay, bitch, you're 15. It's all going to the same pool. Like you yeah. know what I'm saying? Like I wasn't aware that you were getting paid, and also like, don't your parents need the money? Like they're like they haven't shut down the pizza parlor because you guys are rolling in it. Right. Cause, and then it, so then we cut to the pizza parlor and like business is still booming and he's like ah great lovely my pizzas everyone's finally realizing my genius and then the mom's like no it's everyone because- in this movie is under massive delusions <laughs> yeah the dad is one of them it's like mass hysteria basically yes. where everyone's just like oh that's absolutely what's happening but the freaking the mom's like no you idiot no one wants to eat your gross pizza it's because your daughter wrote a really good book and everyone wants to see her even though she doesn't work here anymore. And the dad's cool. And the dad's cool with it, by the way. He's just like, yeah, I guess. But hey, I'm apparently up to my eyeballs in debt. So I'm chill. Um, And then so then she's at home and she's talking. She's on the phone. It's a phone scene, as we were said in the beginning. There's a lot of phone scenes. Talking to an activist friend, being like, hey... What does she ask her if she wants to do something for the decorating committee, maybe, I think? Or I don't on fucking sa- know. On, on Saturday, I think. And then uh, she's like, no, I can't. I got to answer all this fan mail. And I was like, well, you don't have to answer it. It's fan mail, but okay. Um, and then, but then Sawyer calls her and is like, hey, do you want to go to the mall on Saturday? And Iz tells her like, absolutely, you need to. And then so she's like, yeah, yeah, let's do it. Um, and then, so then Sawyer hangs up the phone and there's a weird shot that I feel like was left in by accident. Where she just goes, yes, 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 like she's all excited to go to the mall with Jamie. And I was like, wait, you're the cool girl. Why are you, why do you, why are you so jazzed to go to the mall with her? Like, did you catch that? Yes, but I think it's just, I I think I read that as Sawyer is just like a fame whore. And she's like, I got her. No, she is, but it didn't come off as like, I got her. Like Yet again, we never see them go to the mall. (laughs) We see them walk away from the mall. But, like, what? Like, why make this a massive plot point when, like, it's not even a thing? Like, it's, like, this whole big thing. Like, yes, I got her to go to the mall. Like, yeah, like, it doesn't even matter in the scheme of things. Yeah, the th- well, the thing I pulled away from this scene that confused me is, like I said, it was with that shot. I thought, and I feel like I, I Mandala affected this because I'd seen this movie before. I thought there was going to be, like, not a redemption for Sawyer, but, like, a character moment where we learn Sawyer is, like, actually super insecure or something like that and like that's why she's mean and catty or something like that she doesn't believe I mean, that like, usually happens in like every other decom so like tess tyler had in camp rock like yeah, a redemption her mom like hated her. right like something like that so i thought that's why she was so excited she's like yes like someone like someone normal i don't know why she would have reacted like that it's weird as hell uh, but yeah, then it cuts to them leaving the mall, and she has to, like, hide from her real friends with her. She also brought the handler. That's not Sawyer. It's the mom and the handler. Sawyer is in the cafe at a table with Jennifer 1 and Jennifer 2, and then at another table is her actual friends, activist and artist. And so she's like, I'm hungry. They're with the mom and the handler, and then she looks through the window and sees those two tables, and realize that she'll have to choose, like, who to sit with or who to say hi to. And then bails and is like, actually, you know what? I'm not hungry. I think you're super wrong. No, I'm not. I'm bringing the movie back Bring up. it up. That's- but that's, he, she's with the mom and the handler. It's the mom and the handler. Luke, I am 110% right. Come on. Load movie. Um. Damn it, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Damn it. Oh You're right. my god. Nothing is this high that I am on right now. There is no greater drug. You're 100% right. Frick. What does it feel like swimming in your sea of wrong while I'm floating on my ship of right? Anyway, also at some point, Marco comes into the pizza shack looking for Jamie because he wants Wearing to ask her something. Because he wants to ask her something. Clearly, you're going to ask her the dance, and Jason Dolly has to, like, deflect him, whatever. Also, let's talk about this real quick, too, by the way. This fits better with me thinking that this was a scene with Sawyer, but whatever. They never adequately explain what's so great about hanging with Sawyer that she wants to do it over hanging with her friends. Because the only reason that they give is that Iz wants her to do it so she'll be popular. But she's already, like, the most popular girl in school because she wrote the book. You're actually so correct there. Like, I didn't think about that at all, but... The the only way, like, there's no explanation for why, like, she needs to hang with Sawyer more than the friends. The one I would have bought because her family is in financial straits is that because Sawyer's, like, rich... She can, like, help her have, like, you know, do fancy experiences That's or whatever. That's so devious. Yeah, something like, I don't know, get something. But there's no ethically explained reason why she wants to be friends with Sawyer, other than that Iz tells her to, so she can be popular. But she's already popular. So then it cuts to school the next day. Jamie's, you know, been gallivanting around or whatever. Marco comes up to her and, like... Oh, wait, did we get the whole pep... Did he do his whole pep talk already? I have no idea what the fuck you're talking about. Sorry, wait. So in between that, when he had, when Marco comes in and tells Jason that he's looking, Jason Dolly that he's looking for Jamie, he goes back and has another scene with. This his- is I definitely think when I wrote this note that I said, "How are there still forty minutes left of this movie? Like, there isn't like what else could possibly happen." They ended up stretching this dance thing out. Yeah, in the an dance is a lot. Insane fashion for sure. But he has another scene with his brother, where the brother's like, where he's like, "Oh, I won't need it, the, the truck anymore because I'm not going with Jamie because the freaking Marco's going to ask her." Meh. And he's like, hey, you were too long and too hard to get this truck. You just you just have to man up and ask her. And if she says no, deal with it, basically. I don't know if he says that. But that's the that's thing we talking I, about. This is when I wrote that out. I said, this brother is roided out. Like, he was like, he was like, man up and like, do what? I was like, this is yeah. a 36-year-old man on steroids. Like, I cannot get enough of this guy. Again, I like my idea that he's a divorce, divorcee forced to live with his family. And that and is like, honestly so realistic. And, and he's like, and he's like, don't make the same mistakes I did and like, fight for your woman. Like, something like that. Like, that's the vibe I got. It is the only thing more real than that is my theory that he's a figment of his imagination that too yes but so then so that so at school marco runs up to jamie and is like jamie hey i need to talk to you and then we get a really dramatic scene of jason dolly like running through the crowds to try and get him and he like falls on his face right between them and then he's like jamie i need to talk to you and then she's like connor shut up too little too late like jojo said man like don't fucking wait till the other guy is asking and then she at one point he keeps trying to interject and then at one point she steps on him to keep it quiet which maybe is implied to be is i'm not sure because like it seems like a really tall high heel but it was very like whoa okay and then like she has another and then so she had marco asked her to the dance and she says yes then she has to do another interview for the book which is like why does she have to keep doing stuff how pot how why is, i don't know why is this why is this how long is this book tour it's infinite and so she has to go on this talk show and is says something like in prep being like oh like you know, you're going to be a superstar. Forget your friends. And I was like, she already is a superstar. She wrote a best-selling book. She's the most popular girl in the school. So then we do this interview, right? And literally, this is where it all falls apart, both in terms of her life and her mind. Because, like, the perfor- the interviewer asked her, like, so, like... This uh, why- was crazy. Yeah, yeah, right, right. My theory again. 
that she's like, so like, why do you think people love your book so much? She's like, well, I think it's, I think they all love is like, I think it's a pe- we think that she's a character people can really relate to. And then the reporter just goes, we, what are you talking? What do you mean? We, she's like, oh, sorry, me. Ha 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 ha. Like this is, this is actually a case study of someone losing their right? mind on camera. That's what I said. That's what I said up top. This is like, it's legitimately, she's having a psychotic meltdown. Because then the reporter's like, so you are is, so you, like, you think you are is, like, she's based on, like, you. And then she goes, oh, yes, I am is. Am I is? Am I becoming is? Is, is, is? Like, is, she is, says this. Is, like, she starts, like, malfunctioning. It's like a 404 error. On screen. She's doing this on live television. And then she just, out with no prodding from anyone. <laughs> yes, this is, again, again, this, you know what I want to call the theme of this episode? Master of your own misery. Like, Jason Dolly, master of his own misery. Like, you, like, fucking speak up, bitch. This girl, master of her own misery. Make some changes before sending it to the publisher. Don't out yourself on live TV. Like, For everything no that happens reason. to her is in her own control. Right, and it's not even like Iz was making her do it, being like, oh, it's such no, a juicy thing. No, no. Uh, Iz is equally horrified when she reveals it, because she's a freaking idiot a- or having a psychotic break and you just You are actually vomiting. so... Re- like, I know that's not what you exactly said, but it would have been so much more interesting narratively had, like, the Iz alter ego pushed her to say it because it would make the book sell better or something you know what i mean yeah or like or like she was doing like a a panel interview or something like that and she was constantly being ignored and like a way to like get it more attention to reveal that something like that like but no she just freaking word vomits it because like i do think that the point of is that is supposed to be like her the part of her brain that like is liking being famous and like liking attention it's like kind of that evil part of yourself that you know you shouldn't give into and you should and like at first and, and, and at first it's like something it's like your idealized self someone that everybody loves and everything but as you really start to realize there's a darker side of that too and you're becoming so self-centered yeah why not and i think it's a really interesting character dynamic to have but they just don't bank on they it don't enough. do it they should have done it like, like they, you're i mean saying. They, no they, they try to do it they just don't at the very the end at the very that's end. what i'm saying they just don't they just don't do it tightly enough to make it work there's also a really funny shot of everyone watching this interview on like this big screen somewhere in the middle of the street. Oh, like it's the World Cup, like uh, this local TV interview with an author. Yeah, it's really funny. So yeah, she has this whole mental breakdown on screen and it's legitimately horrifying. And everyone is like getting upset. We see them in their homes being like, she also says every school has a Sawyer instead of every school has a Myrna. And like you see Sora being like, Rah, like, oh, she thinks I'm an evil witch or whatever. Also something that, like, we see Connor reacting to this. Connor is never given a role in the book, as far as we are aware. But, like, they mention yeah. in passing that the girls each are, like, the coolest girls in school because they're her friends. But we have no idea what Connor does in the book. I think she completely forgot about him. <laughs> I am not surprised. Um, But so then she has to, like, sneak into school the next day. And so she's wearing, like, a wig and big glasses. She looks like Velma from Scooby-Doo. Yes. Um, It's really funny, honestly. Um, But then, like, she gets her disguise knocked off. And then everybody, like, circles her and starts being... And, like, Sawyer's like, you freaking slandered us and, like... Made me an evil witch. You made my friends the clones. And then, like, a couple of people are like, hey, leave her alone. It's like, she's cool. And then they're like, oh, really? She made you, like, a giant, muscle-bound giant who can't, who's not smart or something like that. And she's like, yeah, she trashed all, she trashed all of us. And I was like, was everyone in the book trashed? No, I mean, we didn't even see enough of this book to have context. Yeah, like, I get Sawyer being upset, obviously, for being being made the villain. But, like, did she literally, like, she doesn't know any of these people. And did she make them all out to be just, like... 
grotesque monsters or something? Like, I, I don't, like, how is everyone mad at her about this? And then it cuts to, uh, back her back at home trying to like figure this out like what to do now that everyone's mad at her lenny's playing his guitar and distracting her lenny also has a giant like sign of his name uh like spelling out his name that i thought was awesome like whoever did the set design on that two thumbs up um but then she like bursts in and is like lenny shut it up with the stupid music already you're like it's bad and you're bad and blah and then we're supposed to feel really bad for him right also we did see earlier that she said that he doesn't play in front of anybody he only plays for himself and so it, and then so like he like she says this and he like takes his guitar off and like slumps under his bed and it turns out lenny's a very fragile boy i guess but is is just saying like it doesn't matter if people hate you like at your school all that matters is people people keep buying the book and i was like is that what you want now is like like have her spread like your story around i don't whatever there's also like a, I think this is maybe when she comes in we have the scene of them saying that the pizza shop is in financial straits yes. from debt they incurred last year even with the increase in business it really doesn't have that much to do with the why plot. would kids ever care about this also speaking of which she goes to school the next day and is reading the school newspaper the Spartan and it's got a bunch of letters to the editor saying how much she sucks did we cover that she doesn't show up to the rally has that happened yet I don't know Probably. Again, there's not enough big mo- moments in the movie that I know when anything happens. I don't oh, yeah. Know. Well, also, also, just the friends are it's so uninteresting. All, just, it's all just another day at school where she talks to the friends. Like, it's every single day's well, thing is the same. It's all. It's also because the friends are so uninteresting, I don't have that many notes about them. But, yeah, let's give a quick update on the friends. The friends, yeah, no one shows up to the rally, and it's really lame, and they're like, And they also I do like- this annoying thing where, like, for some reason, both of the friends, all where they're like... We have to do it for the bunnies. It's because of the bunnies. I'm like, stop saying bunnies. You're adult women. Say fucking rabbits or something. I don't know why bunnies bother me so much, but I was like, stop saying that. But like, so there's that... And then they're building this big whale for the dance. Oh, that's what I was also saying. We should probably start covering. Yeah. Yes. And so it's just, we, it's, it's really cool. She's like paper mache this whole thing. And this scene's later, but yeah, we, we're not going to talk about this. This is anymore, artist so we'll friend. Come. This is artist yeah, friend. Yeah, the artist friend. She's friend. putting in a lot of work. And, and since the protest fails, the actor's friend wants to use the whale. And also because, you know, freaking Jamie has been blowing them off and hasn't been helping them do anything. So they don't care about this goddamn dance or the decorations. Um, they're like, here's what we're going to do. We're going to fill the whale with seaweed. We're going to dump it all over the crowd along with posters that say save the whales. And I was like, okay, so one, you're planning on straight up ruining the dance. Uh, number two, you, you want to people to care about your message. So you're going to ruin all of their clothes and dump seaweed on them. That'll, that'll get people to care, right? Yeah. Like what's your, it's not like it's like a group of like whaling people, like people in the whaling industry that you're like doing a piece of like, experimental protest where you're freaking like save the whales the throwing seaweed on them it's a bunch it's of just high school kids probably some of them want to save the whales they don't deserve to get seaweed dumped on yeah, them it's not like this is a bp mixer like exactly so that yeah that's what they are up to we'll come back on them later but i feel do not feel the need to talk about them anymore but yeah, so all the letters to the editor say she sucks she complains that they she says i can't believe they print this kind of yellow journalism and i was like do you expect that kids is another to know? thing i was like i know what that is from like ap us history like yeah in what universe does a child know what she's talking about absolutely like so then therefore she's forced to eat lunch with just marco because both groups of her friends and the populars reject her um no one shows up at the pizza shop anymore because they all don't like her anymore she sees lenny broke his guitar and threw it away which that guy's a freaking idiot if he didn't even try to sell it like he's just like freaking screw this i'm done again this family is not great at managing money we learned this yeah very true then we get this very dramatic 
friends breaking up with me scene where she like logged on to AIM and sees everyone immediately unfriend her I except except for except so for Connor hard. and she messages Connor saying Jason Dolly Connor saying like what I like you don't you hate me too and he messages her back no I hate what you've become and then she just writes back me too and they're playing the super dramatic song like on the outside looking in or yes, something like and that it, it, oh god this was so melodramatic I loved it it's so over the top but then but then she closed closes her labs up and then connor starts writing a letter to the editor and it appears in the next edition of the spartan and she's like wow look at that someone actually likes me and she's like oh well marco most of must have wrote this because i can recognize his writing style from his poetry but what's weird is that it says like she like jamie didn't do anything wrong she just saw through all of our masks she saw who she who we really were which i was like okay except that's super not what she did and she admits that later it actively goes against the message of the movie which at the end of the movie, she admits that she just they like just took everybody. They just realized they had to tie in the word mask to make it tie to the poem or something. I guess, but it's just like they were like the message of the movie is don't take everybody at face value. People are d- d- deeper than they appear to be, I guess. And then like his whole thing is like, oh, she saw the real us by making us all like trolls and goblins and gross idiots. I don't know, but so she thinks Marco wrote it and goes to him and it's like, hey, thanks so much for the letter. Can't wait for the dance. And he's like, I don't know what you're talking about, is, but I'm super into it. And she's like, well, oh, that's what he's like calling her is. Yeah, yeah. Which I I think what they were trying to go for with that is that like. It just kind of comes off that Merkel's like a big fan of the book. Which is so weird because it's very obviously a children's book for girls. Yeah, it's weird. But what I thought would have been a better way to take it was that the reason he was interested in her is because he thinks she, like, worships him like she does in the book. Yeah. Like, she's always like, oh, Marco Vincent, I think he's hottest really man in, alive. I think he's really into the idea that she, that he is the love interest in the book. Right, and about, right, that's what he, he is, because he always talks about how cool he is, but he just doesn't, they don't, again, it's the same thing, they just don't hit that nail hard enough on the head to make it work. Oh yeah, also, so now she has another confrontation with Iz in her room, where she's like, I can't believe this has happened, I've become you, this is like the night of the dance, she's like, I can't become you, it's a nightmare, I lost all my friends, and she's like, who cares about friends, you're famous, you're rich. I got you a boyfriend and a sequel. And I was like, sequel? When did that come up? No one ever mentioned that she we was doing the sequel. That. That's just, uh, that just happened, I guess, at some point. And she's like, I guess, but I'd rather have my friends and my family like me. And she's like, no, you wouldn't. You want to be me and I'm great. And she's like, I hate you, Is. And so then her plan, what she does is she closes her tablet and we find out later that's what she thought would contain Is. No. Yes. What? You didn't pick up on that? No. She, 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 she's like, gets mad and is like, whatever. I wondered what she was doing with the tablet. I was like, what does she think she, she gets, she gets all dressed for the dance. She closes the tablet and sets it on her bed and then she goes to the dance. She glosses up, gets those ringlets. Yeah, she goes in. to the dance and then at the dance, when Iz reappears again, she says, what are you doing here? You were supposed to be trapped in my computer. Oh my God. I missed that completely. I was like, that's how not how this works at all. What are you talking about? What the fuck? I missed that entirely. So she goes to the dance with Marco. She doesn't really talk to any friends. They just dance a little bit. Activist friend and artist friend talk about their plan to dump seaweed on everybody. And uh, no, no, they speak exclusively in puns. Oh, yes. Like, because it's going to be a whale of a time. And, and the activist friend says, okay, all ecosystems go. Which fuck made me want to shoot myself in the line. face. Fuck you. I fucking... All both those lines back to back. I was like, fuck this movie, man. But so he keeps calling her is throughout the night. And then she goes... She They dance. And then she and Marco are talking. She also multiple times does say, stop calling me is. I don't like yeah. that. And he just does not listen to her. Which, right. no... 
not okay. And then she brings up the poetry and he's like, oh, I didn't write that. I paid that dork Connor to write it for me. I'm not, I don't no write that stuff. Shit. And then she goes, what? And then Iz appears and is like, who cares? He's hot. Dance with him. And then she's like, wait, no, 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 no. I can't. And then she's, and then she has that whole thing where she's like, uh, you should have stayed at my computer. But this is legitimately where it goes full on Tyler Durden. They're watching her argue with no one. But yeah, literally, she's arguing with no one. She says, you stay out of this. And then he's like, what are you talking about? And she keeps yelling it is. And then he, she's like, man, man. And then uh, freaking uh, Marco is just like, I have no idea what's going on here. And then she's like, come here. And she literally grabs air and oh dr- makes, a, makes a motion like she's dragging someone. She is dragging Nobody, we see it from other characters' perspectives. She as fully thinks this person is actually there. It's insane. And she has this whole thing where she's like, You're power, you were supposed to be powerless. You're trapped in my computer. And she's like, Please, we're a duo. We're like Abbott and Costello. And I was like, Kids don't know who Abbott and Costello are, Disney Channel. Why did that you That was them? such a crazy reference. I wrote that down too. I was like, Do they really think that that's going to land? Yeah. And, and so here's where the movie really like doesn't come together. Because she's having this whole revelation that, oh my gosh, Connor actually wrote the poetry. I love so much. He's the one I should be interested in. But they kind of try and combine that with her being like, Connor sees the true me, and the true me is not is. And those two revelations don't work together. Had they picked one and then done the other later, or had done them separately, it might have worked better. But they try and tie them together, and it just does not work. Yes, I get what you're saying. That was, like, not even part of the fucking thing. And you were never even close to being is back in the day. I also think it's so funny that, like, she's... I was like, this is just a respect, honestly, to Jamie for this. Being, like, at the end, like, I really only cared about the poetry. Like, bitch, no, you didn't. You thought he was hot (laughs) as fuck. And you talked about it for many journal entries that you liked Uh his, like, fucking Costco Zac Efron face. Um, And also, also, just to touch on it, it doesn't feel great that her revelation about how she truly is comes through because she realizes a man is in love with her. Not yes. great for her as a character and as a woman. It's 2006, different time. Uh, wasn't that a joke in Teen Beach Movie where they're like, why does she need a man to make them ha- make her happy? Because yes. it's 1969, like something like that. God, I can't wait to do Teen Beach Movie. We already did Teen Beach Movie. Two. Oh. Anyway, so while she's having this mental breakdown talking to herself in the middle of this crowd of people, Mrs. Gallagher gets up on stage and is like, hey, just need to give a quick shout out to the one person responsible for all of this. Jamie Bartlett, get up here, Jamie, accept this bouquet. You did all the hard work. Because I guess she was, like, the head of the decorations committee. Yeah, and then, like, they were giving her all the credit, even though she didn't do shit. And, uh, like, the friends are like, let's just drop the seaweed. And they're like, no, give her a second. And at first, she starts to do what Iz tells her. Be like, thank you so much, you know. There's a sequel coming. Like, the kind of, like, fame horror, like, yeah, yeah. PR line. And there's one guy that they had ADR in. She says, have I told you all about my sequel? And then one guy just yells, not another one. And it made me yes, laugh really hard. Yes, oh my god, hard. that ADR was amazing. Because it's so, it's so much louder than everybody else. But then, so then like, while she's standing up there, she sees like the seaweed falling out of the whale and them holding the rope and are like, She oh. sees a flyer. Yeah, and that, she oh, thinks that's, it's yeah. just flyers. Fair. Because that's what we hear is it is say. And she's like, oh my god, they rigged the whale. Yeah, she says, betray your friends, rat them out for wanting to dump all this crap on people. 
you'll be the hero, apparently, because you'll save the dance and everyone will like you again. Which was weird logic. Which was real weird. And then she she's like, uh, uh, what do I do? Am I Iz or am I Jamie? What is, my mind is at war with, uh, with, my, with itself. It's literally Fight Club. Actually, I would have loved it if this just, this whole conflict resolved with her pulling out a gun and shooting herself in, like, the cheek, like, like he does in Fight Club to kill Tyler Durden and not himself. What? Well, that's what happens in Fight Club. That would have been amazing. I know, but I'm just picturing her doing it with those ringlets. I know, it's really and- funny and but so then she's like artist friend activist friend stop uh i need to apologize to you to all of you this was never my intention i didn't want to make fools out of you it was my personal journal i'm so sorry guys i never meant it wasn't i never meant for published. this i i know you can never forgive me but and then like she runs down to the rope and says save the whales and pulls the thing she and takes goes the with. heat for the whales thing yeah because first of all this kelp thing is fucking gross Second yeah. of all, the reactions to everyone getting hit with the kelp is the best part of the fucking movie. Yeah. Like individual vignettes for every single person. Sawyer getting hit with the kelp is fucking play this clip at an Oscar <laughs> reel. She is screaming at the top yeah, of her she, lungs like she's had she blood went so, She went so hard on it. She was she gave that take everything. I wrote down it was like Sawyer is camp. Like she is doing a full camp performance. It is absolutely amazing i was that was when i was actually fully laughing was during although i will say the the way everyone gets hit with seaweed makes no sense in terms of the real the world way of physics, but it is very fun the seaweed shots these vignettes of everyone getting hit is like allegedly it's falling from the whale which is above their heads like hoisted over the gym but what they did was just take a camera straight to an actor clearly have a pa off to the side just fucking throwing yeah. at their face. Like, <laughs> like absolutely just nailing them, murderballing them with, like, a fastball of kelp mm-hmm. straight at their faces. And it is fucking hilarious. And it's I, very right, good. Don't, not everyone needs to go watch this whole movie if you're not watching just, along with us. Someone, but someone just make go a compilation. to watch this because it's really funny. Uh, so that happens. And then she rushes out to go catch Jason because he left when he saw her dancing with Marco. Jason and Dolly. She, and it was fleeing to his brother's car. Uh, he, yeah, yeah. And so he's fleeing and she catches him and she's like, and uh, she's like, I, you wrote the poems. I should have been in love with you the whole time. And then he's like, yeah, I guess. And then they kiss on the lips. Lip kiss. Which really threw me because they are both under 18. And this was 2006. They were wild for this. Wild. They are wild. So they kiss. And then the brother's like, way to go, squirt. And then drives off. I'm like, who's taking them home from the fucking dance? You just left. He has realized that his brother has found the love that he lost in the divorce, Emma. Clearly, it's a very <laughs> I think that was like his, he disappeared, like, from his consciousness. We're never going to see the brother again. <laughs> Uh, so then they go back in, everyone applauds for some reason. I said, why would people like this? They just got... I, my, understanding, my, my understanding is they were applauding to her apology, not to getting seaweed dumped all over them. And keep in mind, like, you know, people, like, rent dresses for this and stuff, and they're all ruined because they got seaweed dumped on them. No one should be happy about that. Well, I keep saying kelp. It is seaweed. Sorry. It's seaweed. And then, like, this teacher comes up and is like, well, I'm gonna have a word about that stunt with you tomorrow. I mean, Monday. Ha, because I'm, like, actually cool with I'm it, cool. I guess. We're like, not going to see that, though. Marco and Sawyer, like, hug. I guess they're together again. And uh, then the dance continues for a little bit. This was when Lenny performs. Yeah, Lenny performs in a Disney Channel original song. I fast-forwarded this entire song. Yeah, it's only... It's not that long. It's, like, a minute, barely. It's very boring. It's yeah, very boring. Yeah, it, it, it also doesn't have anything really going on with relating to what the movie was about, so it was very weird. Uh, but he performs, he gets over his fear, because God, it wasn't everybody so invested in Lenny's character, everybody. 
Nobody can. Um, and so then it cuts to the pizza shack. Ralph is bittersweetly closing it down, being like, ah, oh, we got to sell this place now because I'm so in debt. Uh, but then uh, she shows up and is like, hey, I brought some friends for pizza. And then, like, all everyone from the dance comes to the pizza store. And then he's like, I got to get cooking. I said, well, one night of business really saved this entire pizza shack. Apparently, because he starts making the pizzas. But Lenny comes back there to help and he throws his coat. And what lands on the pizzas but seaweed. And everybody finds the seaweed pizza absolutely delicious. And oh that is God. true. That's truly what saves them is seaweed pizza. And then he says, Lenny. Wait, wait, wait. This is the best line. I'm saying this line. And they, he realizes that what everyone likes is the seaweed that came off of Lenny's jacket. He yeah. looks at Lenny and goes, Go get the sushi from the cooler. Yeah. Why the fuck is there sushi in <laughs> the cooler? At a pizza restaurant. At a pizza restaurant that you were closing. How old is that? So that's fucking disgusting, man. They're also again, they're also not cooking the seaweed into the pizza. They're literally cooking Lay a full cheese pizza. And then just putting raw seaweed on top. It's disgusting. The most important part is that this movie, after we say the pizza shack, ends in the same way that Game of Thrones ends. Which is, fact, I'm dead fucking serious. There's literally not a joke here. Which is that she is writing at her desk after saving to be the check and puts the title as How My Private Personal Journal Became a Bestseller, which is the name of the book that the movie is based on. And it's like fucking Sam coming up at the end of Game of Thrones and being like, I called it A Song of Ice and Fire, which is fucking what Game of Thrones is based on. It's the exact same ending. It's cheesy and sucks both times. They also ended a shot of Iz doing the dishes. And I was yeah. like, this provides no satisfaction. She's not a real character. She's just a figment of her imagination. Like, why does this matter? She should have just disappeared forever. Because she gets seaweed thrown on her, too. And I was like, why does this matter? She's not real. Who cares? Like, they were like, yeah, look at the villain gets what's what. And I was like, she does not exist, guys. No. Physical comedy has no bearing. But yeah, so that's read it and weep. Honestly, I was pretty, like, when we started, I was like, yeah, it's not, like, great, but I did enjoy my time with it. As we went through it, I kind of got more and more like, this is kind of bad. I feel like I really haven't had this problem with other decoms where I can usually know, like, where my notes are coming from in the movie, but I couldn't with this because nothing happens. Like, every single scene is them back at school having, like, the same fucking conversations. Like, there was mm -hmm. not enough hijinks. Like, I couldn't even track the timeline of this movie. Yeah, it's really all over the place. But like we said, like, there is something about it that it's enjoyable. I kind of feel the same about it, like, I, I kind of get the same vibes from it as, like, Cowbells, where it was like, this isn't a very well-put-together movie, but I did kind of enjoy it. I didn't dislike my time watching it. But yeah. was it, like, keeping me on the edge of my seat also? No, no, no definitely not. Um, Emma, what would you rate this movie? I would give this a solid 5.5. Okay, yeah, I was going to give it a 6. I, want, I think it's about... I think it's a little bit above average, but I think that also could just be my nostalgia for it. There's just something about it that really... That kind of draws me to it. Like, I'd watch this again, honestly. I don't know if I would. It's it's inoffensive in its faults, I'll say. it's not. There's nothing so bad that I was just like, ugh. Everything that was bad, I was just kind of like, okay, Yeah, I whatever. wasn't, like, groaning, but I just was really middle of the road for me. That's fair. That's totally fine. Um, we really don't have a tagline this month, I checked. Uh, but so do you have anything you want to throw out? Read it and wipe that lip gloss off your fucking mouth, because there's too much on. Uh, funnily enough, I'm going to recycle a tagline that we used from You Wish. 
Guys, mental illness is a serious problem in this country. If you're if you're experiencing <laughs> symptoms similar to what Jamie is experiencing and reading, I, week, like, please I, cons- please consult a physician. Please get I help. I think that the biggest win for this podcast is that we discovered that this is like a Fight Club Black Swan scenario. Like this is a Fight Club. This is. this is a Fight Club Black Swan psychological thriller. It's that's a hundred percent club for babies. And it, but it's it like what is. I said before, though. It's like yes, because no no one's ever having fun. Like no one's having fun. It's a psychological thriller. Absolutely. There's no hijinks. It's just watching her like destroy her own relationships with the people she loves for that's 45 a, minutes. That's exactly what it is. She's destroying the relationships. That's 100% the that's plot summary of this watch. one. That's all we watch. That's it. Yeah. But I didn't hate it. I will say I think this movie is saved by a few strong performances. I think yeah. Kay is incredible. I think Jason Dolly is doing a great job. With what he was given. Sawyer is absolutely taking us to the next level. The parents are good. I There are some good people in there. Yeah. But Emma, do you want to know what we're watching next month? I'm scared. What are we watching? I feel like we're kind of, we've kind of been uh, avoiding something with all of our past episodes, uh, which is we have not really entered into sequel territory for any of our episodes. Like we, the only one exception is Halloween Town, but that's because we committed doing all of those movies every Halloween. So I want to do a sequel for July. Oh, no. Yes. But I would like to institute a sequel rule, which I'm sure you won't follow because you don't respect my authority on this podcast. I just don't remember things. That too. Um, I would like there, I think there needs to be a gap of about a season. So anything we did last season is not sequel. So it's not sequel available. So we can't do the sequel yet until next year. But there are a couple movies in our very first season that are available for sequel material. And the one I decided to go with, is, funnily enough, is not the one you mentioned earlier. It's not Teen Beach 2. Great. Uh, because I feel like we've done enough musicals this year. But I did decide that in July, everyone could join us to get back on board with Johnny Capahala. Oh, no. Wait, <laughs> is he snow? No. No, he's mountain boarding. A thing that Mother, I didn't know existed. that's not a real thing. No, no, no. Yes, it is, because he's doing it. So join us in July for no. Johnny Capahala back on board. Oh, no. I'm I'm excited. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's going to do it for this, uh, this month, though. So, Emma, where can people find you on the internet? They can find me at Emma Stone Tyler on Twitter and Instagram. Or at a CVS, because that's where I gotta go now, because I need NyQuil. <laughs> uh, you can find me online at wildfire underscore king. You can find my Patreon at patreon.com slash lucastyler. Thank you so much to everybody who's helping me out there. Give it a look if you are in a place where you can help out. Um, also, you can find us online at Comedy Podcast. You should give us a follow there, become a loyal comrade. And of course, as always, you should rate and review us on iTunes. It really helps out a lot. We are tantalizingly close to 100 reviews and it's it's killing me help us get, get past us that number there. get us there Tell but us. make but make them good because we we wade through this minefield for you do you not hear my voice right now <laughs> okay um i think that'll do it for us oh as always find, look at all the good podcasts on audioentropy.com they're great you'll find what you like i guarantee it yeah that should do it for us then as always thank you for joining us guys come back in july and we will see you next time dcoms forever bye-bye risking life and limb is knew she had to destroy myrna and her vicious clique before they crushed every girl's spirit well if you're not going to be nice then be gone and with myrna gone everyone cheered Jamie.
Is there something you'd like to share with the class? No, Miss Gallagher. Then pay attention. 